Bro, okay. Fuck. How are you going to wrap all that up? <laughs> we can't. Uh, so uh, hard yarners. I have no idea. Like what they're what, coming in for? You no. Know? What are we like? Okay, we start. My brain is fucked. Is broken. Um, You're gonna have to listen to this a couple of times. I got veins on the fucking veins that I didn't even know. Yeah, you were actually really flabbergasted. I, I couldn't believe. I'm just going to put my hand up. I had a bit of knowledge that I <laughs> forgot about. Yeah. I was pretty. I thought it was all right. But so uh, we are here with Dr. Robin Cook, mm, astrophysicist, um, astrophysicist, young strapping scientist. <laughs> um, briefly, a brief summary of time. What's Stephen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brief, give us a brief history a of a the quick pod. Reading of the yeah. entire brief history of time. Yeah. Yeah. What did we chat about? Oh, we talked about anything, right? Everything and anything. Anything that wasn't on this planet, I think we talked about, right? Yeah. Actually, we did talk about a few things on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, talked about right. uh, black, black holes. holes. Oh, yeah. um, your uh, your role in the new radio telescope. Mm-hmm. Um, which one? What the array. The square kilometer array as well. And the, and James, the Webb. James Webb Space Telescope and the Hubble Space Telescope. And how it works. Fucking, I still have more questions about oh, it. Time bending. Time bending, a bit of interstellar yeah. kind of... Non-binary and binary uh, <laughs> identifying yeah. star fucking star systems. systems. The universe is very woke. Uh, um, yeah. Donald but, Trump uh, naming everything. Mate, incredible. Yeah. yeah. This is a very informative. We sort of like... I didn't even ask about Europa. I wanted to ask about Europa. Anyway, you're coming we'll do back. That we need to get you coming. We went like an inch long and a mile wide today. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to go... Deeper, mm. or just keep going at that inch. Oh, so yeah, good. wait until we start talking about Uranus and everything. <laughs> then the I'll need a few inches in there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> perfect. All right, let's get hard. Let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please disregard it. Five D is actually a state of being; it's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-hosts, Daniel Delby and Cameron Brand. Do this and then I gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get hard. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh this is exciting for me and I think Delby as well, but I I like learning. This is such a uh, a topic I know. Absolutely nothing about, but also I'm so interested about. Yeah. yeah. So who isn't? Yeah. It's uh, pretty good. Um, so, uh, yeah, we get straight into it, mate. Yeah, so absolutely. Cool. Crack on. We don't even uh, do an intro. We do that in post. So yeah. uh, well, let's start with what you're... Uh, you Doctorate. Sort of doctorate, yeah, who yeah. you are and um, and what your sort of uh, credentials are. Yeah, yeah. right. So I'm Dr. Robin Cook. Doctor meaning I've uh, spent a long time of my <laughs> life uh, studying to do what I do. Yeah. Uh, seven years, seven and a half years uh, at university studying astrophysics. So yeah. I'm... Uh, Astrophysicist, that means I'm a physicist, so I try to understand things around us and things in the world, right? Yep. Mm. And the astro part is that I anything not on this planet, that's what I, I'm interested in. Fuck, that's where I was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on another dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, this is day after Melbourne Cup, people listening, so I'm feeling like a Norm Smith medalist right now. I'm dusty right. as fuck. Well, we'd been, uh, we'd been talking recently about guests that we want to get on and topics we're interested in. We keep on saying we want to get an astrophysicist on and talk that. And then, Del, we mentioned that you made comment on the new telescope, yeah, right, um, James yeah. Webb Space Telescope, yeah, yeah. and I, I looked at the new the new uh, resolution of the I think it's the Pillars of Creation, I yeah. think, and mate, just yeah, they're incredible, unbelievable. And I thought that was my favorite picture, and I don't know how many people have a favorite picture of a galaxy, but I, <laughs> I do, you and do that now. was that was always the thing that I remember seeing it in a book growing up. My yeah. dad had, and just thought that is 
That's incredible. Yeah, and now seeing, seeing it in such such more detail. That's it. And and you know we've got beautiful images of the pillars of creation, the Eagle Nebula yeah. from like the Hubble Space Telescope, and that thing itself was you know an incredible machine that was done you know twenty to thirty years ago. And and yeah. what, when those images came out, people were like blown away by the the quality yeah. of the data. And now you look at it in comparison, you're like, geez, that was like a crummy old film. That yeah, it's and like then, it's a blurry almost. Yeah, it's blurry, <laughs> and the amount of detail that comes out in this James Webb Space Telescope is just incredible. It's not just because it's more powerful, the telescope. It's also looking at a completely different wavelength. Like It's looking in the infrared, right? The Hubble Space Telescope, that's optical. It's what the stars are. It's what our eyes see. Yeah. So when you see it in the infrared, you see something completely different, something that your eyes will never see, right? Yeah. Because you don't... We don't have infrared in our eyes. Yeah. Um, Just snakes. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's it. They, they, they see an infrared? Yeah. Yeah, snakes, yeah? insects. Uh, yeah. yeah, lots yeah, of right. reptiles do. So yeah. they, they, they'll be look. I know this is dumb. I just say dumb shit sometimes. Yeah, but, but if you're like a snake or an insect, you're looking at a full different universe to us. Yeah, you would actually see the pillars of creation or That's maybe not the pillars fuck. of creation, but you'd see nebula, these things that are like stellar nurseries where stars are being born. There's one right behind you. Yeah, yeah. point it out. Insects would see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there it is. There well, it is. I actually did see like with that aspect and it, I don't know if this is the same sort of thing they're talking about, but it was Andromeda, the, the size of it. You could see it if it was if it wasn't as dull. Yeah. And it yeah, was right. what you see as a star, but yeah. the, the size it would be in the sky and they put up a scale and went, oh, well, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, so that's we see incredible. it as a star, but it's actually a galaxy? That's right. It's a galaxy. Yeah. Actually, wow. in the Southern Hemisphere, we don't actually really see it much. It really only just tips the horizon for us. Yeah. Um, uh, Northern Hemisphere people get to see it, you know, most of the time of the year, but it looks like a, if you, if you know, just like out in the middle of nowhere, you'd see it like a, a blurry sort of disky shape. It wouldn't look pretty know at yeah. all it would look pretty crummy yeah um here in the southern hemisphere yeah like there's a, a few days a year that we actually just get a glimpse of it and yeah, it's right. pretty crap to see well, well that's still incredible that it is yeah that it's still that scope in the sky yeah that's an entire other galaxy you know just hanging out there it's our nearest galaxy and yeah in the, just like the scales that you think of when, that's what when fucks with my head man yeah the scales the of these size. things oh, yeah. man. or yeah. just when they take a photo and then one section of that photo is Gala- billions oh, yeah. of stars, that's oh. it. galaxies. You're underestimating. Billions is too small a number. To really? Use. Yeah, that's it. I mean, infinite, infinite, almost infinite. I would say, that's like, insane. I mean, we get numb to it. Like astrophysicists, you know, we deal with these billions, trillions, gazillions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We'd run out of the words to use to describe these big numbers, right? We get numb to it. But the, you know, the the big number that I always think is the most baffling is this idea of how many stars are there. Yeah. You know, and how many planets are around those stars? Like you look at our solar system with with one star, and it's got eight planets around it. Maybe mm. nine if you still think Pluto's a planet. Whatever. Throw on some academic shades. And then you know that's just one star of this this galaxy, our Milky Way galaxy. That's three hundred billion stars, right? Yeah. That's just one galaxy, the Milky Way. And then we know of trillions of galaxies that have these 300 billion stars that have these eight planets, you know, around them or whatever number of planets. And so the numbers just get insane, right? So there has to be life. And that's the other thing, right? And that's where this, this conclusion comes, right? A lot of people ask me, do you think life's out there? Well, no, I mean, I have one data point for life and it's on this planet. Yeah. And we don't tend to extrapolate from one data point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just do the numbers and there's just simply no way that, that we have to be alone here, right? There's yeah. just no way, right? Mm. So that's why we're so keen to find that second data point, even if it's on another planet, if yeah. it's on a, uh, a moon around a planet, that second data point all of a sudden opens up this question of like, okay, well, look, we found two data points. Just, a, start just a piece of bacteria, anything. Would it, that's be. as simple as it has to be, right? Because from bacteria forms the next step, forms the next step monkeys standing behind some mics talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, well, before we move on to the, the in, 
infinity of the universe. Yeah. Oh, we'll go back to that telescope because yeah. you guys played a, a role in that. Yeah, a lot of people don't realise this. WA, well, at least uh, the International Centre for Radio Astronomy Research is where I work. We, we have a big part to play in, in the uh, sort of processing of the data that comes down. Wow. If you saw the images when they came straight off the telescope, you'd be like, this is disgusting. Yeah. What is this? This is like a, a you know VHF film, right? It's like yeah. terrible, crummy data. And so a lot of what we do is take that crap data and just process it flatten it out you know the optics of these telescopes are not actually that great yeah. we've got to sort of go in there we're not photoshopping but we're, we're calibrating we're fake news it's not a picture is it it's literally translating data of what you you're reading this is through. fucking incredible i yeah. didn't know this so yeah. every picture we see use create that from data? Yeah, so exactly. We're collecting photons, right? We're just collecting photons in different positions. Fuck? It's like a camera in some ways, but we have to think about it slightly differently because this is an infrared camera, right? So it's yeah. not what our eyes see. You have to play this game of, all right, I've got, you know, red, green, blue, but yep. in the infrared, how do I translate that into something our human eyes actually can <sighs> see? How right? do they do it? Yeah, well, you have to make some decisions, right? There's some artistic process. I'm not going to say it's like false color. It's definitely yeah. not false color. We, we make like clever decisions about what should be red, what should be green, what should yeah. be blue. Um, but then it's sort of a matter of combining those images together to get that sort of, you know, what your eyes would see, the cones in your eyes that yeah. you know, detect red, green, blue. You just transition that into the, into the infrared. The so the physical structure know. of that is obviously the same. It's just the colours that... Yeah, it's uh, the colours. And you don't have to limit yourself to three colours anymore, <laughs> RGB. You can say magenta, cyan, green, blue, and then you combine those together and that's where you get these beautiful images that you're seeing, right? They're combining multiple colours together. What? And because you have that liberty to do that, you're not restricted to what the eye can do. You, yeah. you, can, you can choose what, you know, accentuates the physical processes in that galaxy that you want to bring out, right? You could... Uh, enhance the dust that's in this galaxy. You can enhance the stars or the, you know, the the, the black holes. You can you can enhance different aspects of that that image based mm. on what colours you choose. And so yeah, there's some artistic process, but also it's a science decision at the end of the day. So you're a bit of Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, I like yeah. To think so. Well, yeah. <laughs> but having seen science that as well, art. the close up of you know the Eagle Nebula, the, the Pillars of Creation, yeah. and then they zoom out. And we see what the observable universe oh, is, insane. and that one point. Mm. And I think I might have shared you, or you might have shared it to me. The video of it expanding, going further back, okay. further back, and it just makes you feel so insignificant, really so does. small. But yeah. um, it like, oh, not inspired, but there's something to it. There's like, something awe-inspiring about it for sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to go back to the the Hubble. Yeah. So Hubble is what we can see with our optics? Yeah, pretty much with our own eyes. Was there any artistic creation with that one? No. I mean, like, there's always this process of taking data and turning it into images. That's always the case, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, no, I mean, at the end of the day, these things have lots of artifacts in them, Yeah. lots of, like, physical things in the universe that that are acting to make it look crap, right? There's these things called cosmic rays that shoot across your images. We have to get rid of those, and Mm -hmm. there's lots of clever ways to go about that. But there's all these things that are out in space that you wouldn't otherwise have to deal with, like, you know, taking an image on on the Earth, right? So we have to deal with those things after the fact. Mm. Fuck, man. Okay. And the James... Oh, sorry, go. James Webb, who is he? Yeah, I I don't actually know that much about him. I don't think many people do know much about him. So he's he's... the second administrator of NASA oh. and sort of around the time that, you know, the Apollo missions were at their peak. So he's kind of... Oh, the fake ones? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah. It's, above, <laughs> it's above my pay grade, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's just named after him. It has nothing to do with yeah. the creator. That's right. Hubble, okay. Hubble, Edward Hubble was actually a really, like, famous astrophysicist, pretty much set the bedrock for modern astrophysics yeah. as far as we're concerned. So I don't know. I think they took a bit of a change in name scheme. They just decided yeah. to honour some... And how does it 
without, I mean, how does it actually work though? It sends out infrared light or it bounces back? Reverse, reverse. right? So it's collecting. It's, it's like a big bucket, right? It's collecting light, yeah. right? Our eyes do exactly the same thing. It's actually, you want to think about it like it is an eye, yeah. which is way bigger, right? Mm. And the bigger your bucket is, the more photons, the more light you can collect and the better your images are going to be. And so this is what really <laughs> bends my mind is the, the fact that some of these, these images that we're seeing are millions or billions of years old. Yeah. So that galaxy may not exist anymore. That's that, it. And that yeah. planet may not exist anymore because this is how long the light's taken to get to us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. This this is sort of game we play in astronomy. It's really helpful for us. It's like we're we're doing history in some way, right? Because mm. light has a, a finite speed. It doesn't go you know infinitely fast. It's yeah. three point eight times ten to the you know million. Uh, kilometers, right? So it's really, really fast. That's um, how long I last in bed. Yeah. So, so, you know, like that light has taken time to get to us There's a delay time involved. And for the sun, it's eight light minutes, right? So yeah. it takes light eight minutes to get from the sun to us. So if the sun exploded right now, we wouldn't know. Yeah. Eight minutes, right? Yeah, the impact would probably get here quicker than we'd say. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so that, this happens for everything, right? So you go to the next, you know, star rover, that's four light years away, right? Four years. Yeah. And then... So we, we're looking four years into the past. Yeah, exactly. So if you send that's them a text message... Fucking right? mind-bending. So which one, which one is... So that's uh, Alpha Centauri. It's our closest stellar system. It's not a single star. It's actually three stars, mm. two orbiting around each other, and then a third one going around those. Binary right? star system, is that called? Or? Yeah, it's a binary. Jesus. And this is actually a trinary. They've even got <laughs> gender identity out yeah, there. It's a very <laughs> progressive galaxy. Yeah, so, that, so. so that's a, uh, a binary star system yeah. with another star. With a third star going around that binary. So this wow. is actually a kind of baffling thing that if you look out in the night sky and you see all these dots, right? They're all stars except yeah. for a few planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those, well, the vast majority of those stars are probably binaries, trinaries, quaternions, etc. With other stars. Yeah, exactly. That we can't see. Yeah, well, they're so far away and they're so close to each other yeah. respect, that they just look like a single star uh, to our stupid yeah, yeah, monkey yeah. eyes, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know... Our star being a single star in this solar system is actually pretty, well, I would say rare. It's the least common thing. So, you know, it's kind of a question of, mm-hmm. is that a special thing to have mm. a single star? You know, well, does that favor life? life? Exactly yeah. right. If you have two stars sort of going around each other, mm. you have day-night cycles that are fluctuating and you have uh, rapid, well, actually less rapid changes in, in temperature and all these kind of things that are going against the possibility of life. So when we go about looking for life, and it's not me specifically, but there are people that are in this field, yeah. right? They're looking for conditions around planets, around stars that are the favourable towards, you know, yeah. uh, yeah, towards life well, Like existing. you said, we yeah. only have one data point, so we're trying to find something almost exactly the same as yeah. ours. So and a single star system with a planet that's within the Goldilocks zone. Bingo. So it's a bit limiting oh. in some ways because, yeah. you know, we, we think we know what life is. Right? Yeah, it's carbon-based, water, mm-hmm. you know, drinking, breathing, yeah. oxygen kind of uh, ecosystem. but. We don't know what could be silicon-based or, you know, completely mm. different atmospheric conditions are favourable. We could be looking life. at something that's life and not know. That's right. Yeah. Because it's not what we recognise. Yeah. Just like the infrared's always been there that we can't see. Is it potentially possible that we are in a binary system and we don't know? Uh, no, we're definitely in a, in, a, um, in a single system. But there's a potential that we were once in a binary system and our kind of brother or sister star is now kind of ventured off. How do they determine that? Just because we've got the sun? Yeah, I mean, the, the fact is that when, when stars form, they form together. Yeah. They don't just form in isolation. They form in these gas clouds. There's one behind you. It's a nebula. Yeah. This is where stars get formed, right? And they don't form in isolation. So we know that there are brothers and sisters to our own star. Mm-hmm. And often those things will be kind of uh, orbiting around one another, kind of gravitationally bound. And then over time, they get sort of stripped and, and spread throughout the universe. So okay. well, the Milky Way. So we potentially may have had one and then it's... 
yeah. it's to a point well, where it's yeah, been stripped by. That's right. And we're actually going out looking for these kind of brothers and sisters stars because there's these signatures that stars give off. There's particular elements that are they're stronger in and, and other ones. So we're, we're trying to look for the signature of our star or something that's very similar to our star to kind of indicate, oh, this is one of our brother or sister stars, a star that we formed with. Right. Mm. Wowzers. Like a little, like a, bur- a fingerprint almost. Exactly right. Because yeah. exactly that. And our star relatively compared to other stars is pretty small. Yeah, it's actually a pretty mediocre run-of-the-mill star. It's kind of a white, not too hot, not too cold, uh, pretty small. Shitty life-producing yeah. star. Yeah. So what are, the, yeah. what are the other stars that uh, we have? I mean, it goes crazy, you know. So you can go all the way down to these things called brown dwarfs or what are kind of failed stars. It's not ones. very PC in the, uh, <laughs> in the science world, are we? Well, we've got black holes. <laughs> black holes, brown dwarfs. White stars. We call it as it is, you know. It's, like, it's black, it's a hole, yeah, sure. Black, black hole. hole. <laughs> Easy. And that's it, brown dwarfs. They're, they're sort of brown in, in colour and they're small, they're dwarfs. Um, like don't emit much light? So that's the thing. They're not big enough that fusion's not starting inside their core, right? So you need to get lots of pressure, lots of gravity going on. You've got to get these atoms really close to one another to get fusion going. That's where you get the heat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they, have, they haven't got there yet, right? And they're not massive enough and they probably won't. So we're thinking Jupiter is not far off being uh, a brown dwarf. It's about 10 to 100 times less massive than a, than a brown dwarf would be. So if it had been a little bit more yep. massive, it would be a second star, a star in, our, in, our, in our solar system. And uh, would that have any effect on no, us? Absolutely. I think no. we wouldn't be around for sure. Okay. Yeah, no. And as it is, though, it's probably one of the reasons that we are here served yeah. as almost like a like a shield. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Jupiter is so massive uh, that it, it really deflects all asteroids kind of coming towards us, and that's why we have this asteroid belt. It's this region where Jupiter's kind of kind of collapsing and and uh, collecting all these different asteroids and, and rocks that would otherwise probably hurl into us. So the, the fact that you're building that up just while mm. it triggers my memory, oh, I don't know if this is a thing. It's maybe it's a theory, or maybe it's just. Fact, I don't know. Uh, the asteroid belt, is it just a, an existing ancient planet that was, you know, impacted and destroyed? Yeah, you, that's right. We don't actually know. I mean, mm. for the most part, there's lots of different hypotheses as to where the, the asteroid belt come, came from, but it's, yeah, most likely there was either a, a very large planet that kind of collided into another planet early mm. on and the debris from that is now spread along into an asteroid belt. But we don't really think that could be possible because over time those different bits of debris also would form into... Uh, another planet, right? Gravity yeah. would take over again, and that 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 uh, is that accretion. Yeah, yeah that's accretion of, of mass, and and that means either this collision has happened very recently in our solar system for all this debris to be just yeah. in one kind of ring, or it's just Jupiter's gravity is just favoring a certain set of orbits for these things that they don't want to collide into one another. And we don't know. We don't know. No, it's uh, just a. Or maybe I don't know, and I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> and is that the? Uh, that's what you've just suggested. There is similar to. Is that how the moon was formed? Like yeah, a, exactly. a collision with our Earth. Yeah, that's that's the big kind of prevailing theory for the moon. Is that a massive sort of similar sized rock to our own Earth mm. kind of came on a grazing angle, so it's not a direct collision, but sort of swept onto the side of the thing and you know swept up heaps and heaps of material into the sort of. Uh, atmosphere around Earth, and that that material over time, gravity happens, right? Mm. Uh, pulls it all together, and then you form the Moon. Because the Moon itself is like massive compared to our Earth. You look at all the other moons around all the other planets, and they're all tiny in comparison. Mm. But our Moon is about a quarter of the size of the Earth, mm. which is you know comparatively yeah. really really massive, right? Yeah. So that's kind of one of the theories, and the, and the kind of other key 
piece of evidence for that is that the moon is tidally locked to the Earth, meaning yeah. we only ever see one side of yeah. the Earth at any I'll given time. Explain that because I, I have no idea why yeah. that is. Because rotation takes the same amount of time. Bingo. Yeah. yeah, It's day, so the time it takes to spin on its axis is exactly the same as its year, the time it takes to go around the planet. Exactly. Shit, like, like how, though? That's, what? There's some sort of like, yeah. I don't know about God, but there has like, to be some greater creation going like on like there. It feels like divine insane. intervention. Yeah. It does, it does. That one's not divine intervention, but I'll talk about one that I think so it doesn't. Is. It doesn't yeah. slightly. There's not like a half a no. minute. Like it's to the minute. That's right? insane. And the reason is, is because you have this uh, preference to be in these stable orbits, right? It's like a, a resonance, a preference for that to be the case. You can kind of picture if you had like a perfect sphere with a little pimple on the side, mm. right? That extra bit of mass on one side is is getting tugged at by the Earth when it's going too fast, right? It's going way too far away. You're pulling it back, yep. and if it's lagging behind, you pull it towards you, right? So. No matter which way that pimple's on, it's always going towards the Earth, yeah, right? Yeah, facing yeah. towards the Earth. So obviously, the side that's facing us is the more massive side. Over time, it's just been tugged and tugged and tugged until it fill, falls into that stable orbit. And yeah. once it's there, even slight perturbations are not going to move it out because yeah. it's in that stable orbit, right? And the Chinese have a base on the back of it. <laughs> well, they're putting one on the front, maybe to connect to the the one on the back. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, wow. we don't, haven't seen the back for uh, for until like the 1950s. That's that's the first images that got sent what? back with. The first Apollo mission? No, no the, even before that. What was it called? That. I don't know. I did this Russian with my year twelve. Yeah, speak Russian, so yeah. it's probably Sputnik? it's probably yeah, Sputnik. Yeah, it was one yeah. of the early Russian ones. Yeah. Uh, didn't they? They first designed it as a as a missile or something. There was like a it was some missile. Well, that's what the Apollo missions were. They got the yeah. uh, the the Nazi yeah. missile designers and yeah, they use it. them for the yeah. most uh, rocket engineering advances come from from army or you know military crazy from hitler probably yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but that makes me i've now decided the moon isn't real yeah <laughs> it's artificially yeah. made <laughs> there's it. no way in my head it can go all the way around perfectly yeah. and mm. f- eclipses yeah. you like the perfect distance that's not even the the, the end of it right this oh is this is the bit that even baffles me all yeah. right so the sun massive right yeah huge thing Colossal. I can't even describe how big it is, right? Yes. But it's also really far away, right? So it also looks small. Yeah. But it happens that's that the sun... People. <laughs> yeah. It just looks small because yeah. it's That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> standing right in yeah. front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's an optical. Well, wait till you see it in infrared. That's it. That's it. With a big telescope. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll see. Yeah. yeah. yeah so sorry, it. I cut you off there. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. So, so yeah. yeah, it's 400 times further away from the Earth than the Sun is. Yep. It's also 400 times larger, right? Those two numbers cancel out because mm, yeah. how big something looks in the sky is a direct function of how far it is and how mm. big it is. So the, that coincidence that it just happens to be 400 times further and 400, 400 times, times more bigger. massive, the Sun and the Moon are exactly the same size in the sky. I mean, exactly, but they're pretty much exactly <laughs> the same size in the yeah. sky. So the chances for this to happen would be insane. Yeah. Insane. And do you know what that means, right? And this is something that only humans, I think, could experience is solar eclipses, right? Where you mm. have the sun get blocked out directly by the moon, right? And if the moon was any further away, it wouldn't block it out completely. If it was yeah. any closer, it would completely block it out. But they're exactly overlapping and you get these really cool things, you know, solar eclipses, lunar yeah, eclipses. Just, uh, yeah, the illuminates the outside. That's it. That's it. It's, it's insane. It's incredible. And that's not just, you know, in space. That's a spatial argument. But yeah. this is also temporal as well. This is in time because... The moon is moving away from us, right? Mm. At some rates, like five centimeters a year. It's not very quick, but you know that means in this current epoch that we're living in, oh. that's the coincidence. So you come back ten thousand years or whatever, that's not going to be true anymore, happen. right? So this is a, a coincidence in space, and it's a coincidence in time. It's something that I can't 
uh, mm. wrap my head around why wow. this is the case. Maybe it's know. not a coincidence. Maybe not. Uh, maybe. Maybe there is a God. There we go. I've, I've decided. Not even God. That yeah. is. That is that's too, that, too good for God. That's that's the that's the outsiders. That's, that's them. The lizard that's people. Them. We're looking for the life. There it yeah. is. There it and is. And they're probably <laughs> responsible for making Mercury go in Gatorade. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I heard you say. I heard you explain Mercury in retrograde. Yeah, in retrograde. Uh, when, in my re- very two little tweets that I looked at yeah. of yours uh, in research of this, and you were explaining mer- Mercury in retrograde. Uh, can you explain that for yeah, the listeners? I find, I, found this, like I find this really fascinating. Interesting, yeah. um, less the physics of it and why it's the case, more the like sort of hype that goes around it. I yeah, find yeah, it really, yeah. really fascinating, yeah. So in a similar way, Ryan, we've got this tidally locked system of the moon and the earth, yet yeah, Mercury is also tidally locked. It turns out this happens to any system where you have one massive thing and one close, uh, small thing very close to each other. Right. The difference is with Mercury, it's not in a one-to-one ratio it's in a three to two ratio almost Mm. exactly again down to the second down to the minute whatever yeah three to two is the resonance that it happens to sit in right is this with mercury and its moon mercury and the sun and the sun so slightly different to the earth moon but it's the same kind of concept right with with matter so that means every three orbits it does around the the sun it spins twice three to two exactly down to the minute right wow um what that means at certain times the years it looks like the from you know Earth's perspective that Mercury's spinning the other way around. And it's mm. just because of this three to two ratio. It's sort of like, you know, if you're in a running race and, you know, someone's catching up to you, it looks like they're, or you're kind of falling behind. It looks like they're going forward, but in fact, you're just going backwards, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of, that's the concept mm. here. Yep. And so there's this, this kind of craze that goes around this time of year where like, you know, uh, when Mercury's appearing to go the other way around, uh, mm. You know, things you shouldn't go traveling and you shouldn't sort of uh, yeah, make right. any business deals. But of course, it's still just rotating <laughs> as it always was. It just yeah. looks to us. And is that called retrograde when it looks retrograde. like. Yeah, yeah, but that's actually and false so, retrograde. That's and, like. And it your, looks like it's in retrograde. And your point uh, was that there are always good and bad things happening consistently. So it. when the bad things happen during this point, they make a point of it. That's it. Exactly right. They're like, oh, yeah, I notice it more during retrograde, right? Yeah. And does retrograde, the actual word, because I've never even thought about what that means, does that just mean going. In an opposite direction. In the opposite direction, exactly. So if you look at all the planets in the solar system, all but one of them are going the same way as the sun is rotating, as as the way they're going around the sun. The only one that isn't is uh, Venus. It's actually going the opposite way. It's truly going in retrograde. Yeah, exactly. Venus, right? <laughs> so Venus is the, the hotter, yeah. is hotter surface. That's it. Yeah, and Mercury, hotter. even though it's further away. Yeah, that's and it's kind of like a greenhouse effect yeah. taken over. Yeah, yeah, wow. Mercury, actually, weirdly enough, uh, I guess you know what would happen on Mercury: you'd either burn to death or you'd freeze to death. Yeah. Actually, it depends on which side you're on. Wow. Right? So if you're on the side, remember this three to two ratio. That means for a long time you're actually facing the sun. Yeah. Right. And you're getting burnt to death. But on the other side, you know, you're not really facing the sun for a long period of, of the year. So, you know, it gets really cold on that side. You'd probably freeze to death on, yeah, right. on the would other side a, of Mercury. Would there be a Goldilocks zone? Yeah. Oh, what is it on the, the equator? Planet, right on the like the equator, but like the, the latitude equator. Like right? twenty degrees and sunny. Yeah, like nice. <laughs> you just have to pack up every you know few weeks to yeah, like move yeah. across. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um how do they figure out if that a planet's spinning? Like, how do they know? How do you see? Is it because of light reflecting at a different speed or? Yeah, the easiest one is Jupiter, right? If you look at Jupiter, it's got a massive storm on it. This is, this yeah. is a storm that's like many times the size of the Earth, right? Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. a giant so- storm. And how, they, how do they know that's a storm, bro? Because that's what I'm thinking. Are they, we theorizing it? They crashed a probe into it. Yes. That's how they know I remember it. watching this documentary. As Schumacher, yeah. one of the... Uh, not the not the racer. Yeah, Marco Levy. That's Levy eight or something. That's the one. The very same. Yeah. So oh my my, I'm fucking nailing this. On the this top is of this. So this is they memories. Crashed a probe in there. They've actually crashed many into it, right? 
Um, just, to, just for fun? Yeah, exactly. Because you don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't, <laughs> what if there's, what if there's people down there? <laughs> like, oh, shut, yeah. stop fucking doing this. <laughs> just have a peaceful, you know, summer's yeah. evening. <laughs> well, so they've, they've built a probe, mm. crashed it in there. Yeah. And billions recorded- of dollars, Billions of dollars go into these probes and they crash them into planets, right? Yeah. Yeah, record uh, pictures as it gets closer and closer and closer until it gets, you know, completely destroyed by the, the crazy yeah. winds that are on Jupiter. Yeah, this happens quite often. But the real reason is not just a waste of money, right? The real reason is that if you don't crash them into the planet, that probe could go elsewhere into, into space, mm. right? And that probe has bacteria on it coming from Earth, yeah. right? If it crashes into a moon and then, you know, I don't know, whatever, 100 yeah. years later you go to that moon, you're yeah. like, oh, look, I found some bacteria. Well, actually, that's probably come from, from Mars. Could have, you know. Yeah. But, but don't we have that that's issue already with the, the, the probe that we lost contact with? What's yeah, it Voyager. 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 This one's kind of Voyager 2, actually. It's so gone beyond it, the solar system, we and think. Would that, be, <laughs> would that be the issue you'd face with that? Yeah, look, that's not going on to a planet, and I don't think we'll ever hear from that ever again. <laughs> ever so done. I think that's one, you know, we can keep that one. Uh, yeah. Rest the case on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember, actually, when you were talking about Jupiter, one of my students wrote, because I used to teach science, um, students wrote, Jupiter's mass is, and they wrote out this huge number, and in brackets they put, but not as heavy as your mum. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> on the poster. It's <laughs> a brutal. I was like, that's funny. I got that's one mark. Yeah, so, double marks. Um, I didn't realise this. So when I, as, a, as a kid, Jupiter is a gaseous planet, they call it. Finger. And I just thought that, oh, that's a literally just gas. Um, that's not far off the truth, yeah. Okay, so why, and in a similar vein, they've crashed a, a probe into it. Uh, the the asteroid that hit and that we actually got footage of it for that first time we see mm. the plume come up out That's of it. the out of the, the storm well not the storm but it is the, a storm yeah definitely. yeah mm. out of that um, so at what point do you realise there's a surface or what is mm. it just a de- is the gas is so dense it becomes That's it. physical yeah we don't actually think there is a surface to Jupiter any kind of definable surface what you, you know what happens is you've got this gas that's really diffuse and then you know you go closer and closer to the surface and it gets kind of thicker and it's mm. maybe it's kind of swishy and then it goes further and further and it's maybe sludgy blah 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 you keep going down 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 and then at some point you hit where we think fusion might be happening right mm. yeah you know these things at some point if they were more massive that that gas would get so dense that it would start fusing with, with itself and, and you know forming radiation. So in the sense, like of a way a star forms, it's the gravity pushes it. down. It's the mm-hmm. same way as oh, fuck. It's okay, all the cool. same, just at a smaller scale. Physics is pretty. Uh, and Saturn is similar. Saturn's very similar. It's just a bit smaller, right? So, um, but it's also more gaseous. It has more gas than 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 rock in it. So so light, in fact, that if you got a pool big enough of water you put satin in it, it would actually float because it's actually less dense than, than water is on average. All right. Now, you say that. How do we know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't. We have never like done how it, do, right? No, but I mean, not that it'll yeah. float. Like, how do we know that satin is not dense? Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, collecting samples of, of the atmosphere or just looking at the, the atmosphere that's there. We can do that using telescopes. You can yep. look at what's in the atmosphere with, with how, certain telescopes. How, 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 Okay, yeah. You've, yeah. You've gone, this is actually a lot of what I do as, as research. It's something okay. called spectroscopy, right? Spectroscopy. So spectroscopy just means, you know, spectra, so you're splitting up light. Yeah. Yep. If you've ever seen the Pink Floyd album, you see white light going in and it splits into lots of colours. Yeah. Yep. Those colours aren't just, you know, colours that our eyes see. Certain frequencies, certain specific colours correlate with certain chemicals, right? Yes. So hydrogen. Like mass spectrometry? Bingo, exactly. So that's exactly what you're doing, but it's chemical spectroscopy, right? So you're looking at the specific chemicals that are in that that material. And the way to do that is you have light passing through the the planet's atmosphere, and there can be a background star, right? And you look for what's 
missing, right? Yep. Because that's where those particles have absorbed that specific frequency. And the more that it's absorbed, the more that's there, right? So you look at Saturn, lots of hydrogen, lots of helium, lots of that stuff. Yeah, because it's absorbing else. that spec. It's that absorbing frequency. those specific frequencies that we we know here on Earth by looking in a lab, right? Yep. We've got a container of hydrogen, you put light through it, that goes missing those specific frequencies. Yeah, so you look okay. at it and you just do it with a planet, you can do the same. Now this gets crazy, right? Because if you think about what we can do with that, we look at other planets around other stars, right? Like, yeah. you know, Proxima Centauri, whatever, whatever. And you start looking at the atmospheres of the planets around those from the starlight that's going through their atmospheres. And then you can start seeing things like methane, right? Yeah. What produces methane? Carbon biological and hydrogen. Exactly. Bingo. But only in a biological sense can you produce certain chemicals, right? So we know that on Earth... So methane's only produced by... Actually, no, methane is, is naturally producing, but there are certain chemicals, I don't know the you know, signatures off the top yeah. of my head, of course, but you know there are certain chemicals that could only be formed, we think, right... By by you know biological life, yeah, life producing this is a, a waste product essentially through through whatever. Wow. wow! So you look for those chemicals, and if you find them, that's a pretty good indication that there's life there, right? Through f- through assessing the light spectroscopy, yeah, Fuck. it's huge. And James Webb Space Telescope is doing this already, yeah. right? And they pointed at a few planets nearby, and they found uh, vapor water, so water in sort of the atmosphere of the planets, right? That's also is that really a first. Good. I think we've found it before, but not to this degree, right? And wow. not in something so far away because it gets really hard. The further away you look, you know, the weaker these signals get. So yeah. you're really limited to the, like the next closest stars over. Yeah. But not every star has planets, so you kind of you only get sort of lucky if you see something. Because for the first time, yeah, we saw a really far star away has a planet on it. Didn't even know that planet was there. Yeah. Wow. Um, and now you're seeing, you know, bit of water. So water is water. water is like probably one of the. They're signs of life. Would that it is, yeah. I mean, you need well, again, as far as we we're concerned, humans um, or intelligent life needs some sort of water mm. to to uh, to produce. But you know, there's methane systems in the world in different planets and different uh, moons that you know have that similar rain and sort of laking and pools and, and this sort of cycles that we see in water. You can see that in methane as well. And the yeah. other chemicals will do that, but yeah. we we only know of water to to, to harbor life, right? Yeah. It is interesting because I did watch a documentary in which the, we have this idea of Goldilocks zone, but then they were experimenting with our own planet, trying to find the most extreme environments on planet Earth and see if life can exist there, mm. like in volcanoes and, and yeah. these sorts of things. And they were finding bacterias and, and yeah. even, not even... Extremophiles. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess that really... <clears throat> it, it, it makes, it, makes it, it sort yeah. of It's good, but it makes that... that um, it's it's less defined and makes it harder, would it? A little. I mean, it gives you more options. So yeah, yeah. I can't complain with more options. But yeah. but yeah, it means you have to get a little creative with what you think life could be, right? Mm. Yeah. So I'm I'm a, I really can't. I'm struggling to get my head around this whole time until today. I thought the telescope was we're looking out and we're just zooming in, but it's the opposite. We're collecting collecting light, magnifying it on a certain point, and then looking at it. In detail after the fact. Right? I think so everyone has that sort of idea. Yeah. Well, I feel like I, even though I half yeah. knew what you were talking about, I still have this vision of like that's it's a photo. That's right. How how does it collect light, man? We got like a bucket. We yeah. said this earlier on, but how is it drawing light into it, or it's not? It's just observing a point. Like, how is that part getting more light than yeah. the patch next door? So they use curved mirrors. Yeah. Right? So if you have a mirror that's curved, it'll it'll focus that light on a certain point, yep. right? And that's what you want to do. You want to take that light that's coming in sort of at a plane. Famously you, known for burning ants. That's it. Yep. It's, it's, it's exactly that, right? It's a yep. lens, right? You can actually use a piece of glass to do the same, right? It's a curved lens. Yep. Focuses that light on a certain point. Right. And then it, and then, well, it magnifies. That's where it's the brightest point. And so you put your camera 
right at where that, that you know that magnifying glass is at its hottest. That's where it's you know yeah. focusing in on the light. Yeah. And if there's any dust, any scratch, any yeah, is scratches it, are you know we can deal with scratches. In fact, you know the James Webb Space Telescope's already been hit like three or four times by micrometeorites, right? Yeah, a few times. Hang on, the James is not on Earth. No, no it's space. Like, that's what he was oh, saying. Oh, like, what the fuck? Yes, it was, it was saying <laughs> okay. like, you have to deal with all the stuff that's on the planet Earth, so we launch it from the outside, so you're actually oh, man. dealing with the atmosphere. And yeah, it just the worst clicked. thing about being on this planet is that, well, it's great to have an atmosphere, obviously, yeah. so we can breathe, yeah. but you know, for images, it just blurs everything, makes everything really crummy looking and, and, and downs the resolution completely. So you put them in space, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, you have these- And is Hubble in space? Hubble's also in space. This is like- Oh, I'm did you not? <laughs> no, <laughs> man. I thought it was like on Earth, and we're just trying to- oh. Here's the crazy thing, though. Hubble Space Telescope, yeah, it's out of the Earth's orbit, but it's like just on the the cusp of the yeah. Earth, right? It's like, it's pr- I would call it kind of right in the Earth's atmosphere, right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much, just on the very, very top part. Um, James Webb is really, really far away, right? Yeah. Like millions of kilometers away. So, uh, like, moon further away, or it's four times further than the moon, right? Wow, four times, but and the moon's not even close. Like, I think yeah. people think, oh, moon, you know, it's like you know, just there. But no, the moon is really freaking far away as well. Almost like you couldn't get to it. A- and yeah, it, in 1964, <laughs> it orbits the Earth. <laughs> uh, it it's okay. This is this gets really weird. It orbits a place in space that is a stable gravitational point. It's called a Lagrange point. What right? the fuck? Oh, yeah. Go on. Okay. <laughs> you've, you've opened the can here, All right? right. It's, it's sort of like this resonance that we were talking about. It's this stable point, right, where where if you try to move out of it, you kind of dip back into it. If you move this way, you get dipped back into Toxic it. Toxic relationship. It's like yeah, you try to move away and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. try to distance yourself and yeah. it just keeps coming back. Keeps yeah, coming back. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's it. And it, it orbits this place. But, it, but it, it's, it's just a void. It's pretty much a void, and the great thing. But it has it, gravity. It has, but yeah, don't you need mass to create gravity? Yeah, the sun. So the sun is creating this little Lagrange. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it sounds like wine. a wine. Is yep. it through? It's like it, it's rays that it sort of sends out these points. It's the which, combination. Well, this is where things get crazy, right? You, yeah. you, everything you're saying is correct. You're you're actually. I think you're you're giving yourself a little too much hard time because <laughs> everything you're saying is correct. Right? Yeah. This is what's happening. The sun is, you know, it's gravitationally creating this field around yeah. it. Right, the way we think about it, right? If you think of it like a rubber sheet on a on a table, mm-hmm. you put a bit of mass it kind of distorts that yeah. that space, right? And that's what the sun's doing. You put the Earth in there, and suddenly you have these, you know, two systems that are mm. orbiting around each other. And there's points in that rubber, you know, film yep. that are more stable than other points. Yep. Some points will, you know, send you directly into the sun. Yes. Some will keep you sort of in a stable point, and that's where we put the James Webb okay. Space Telescope in. A How did they point. find that? Was it theorized? Or? That's above my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, look, we, we know about them from, from simulations and we know about it from- That's so insane. And, that's like, and that leads into something that I don't know if you're going to be able to explain to us very well. I might not know. I'm loving answer, this. I'll make something you're up doing, anyway. This is great, Dr. Yeah. Cook. So like, uh, like black holes. Here um, we go. So- Yeah, mum. They're, they're invisible. They're vo- like, I, I guess, to a certain yeah. Ex- yeah. extent. They are, well, they're, 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 by definition, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, singularity is- Really invisible, but they're they're invisible. They were theorized before they were even dis, like seen. Yeah. So that, but well, we still haven't seen them, right? No, we, now we have we've seen them. We now. Have? Well, it depends what yeah. you mean by seen, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Black holes are so massive, right, that not even light itself can escape, right? So, so by so the gravity is so strong, so strong, infinitely strong, almost, right? Because it's it's an infinite amount of mass in a tiny amount of space, right? Somebody. This is getting crazy. My body. <laughs> Infinite mass, little, <laughs> little, little <face>. body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, 
so not even light can escape. So yeah, by definition, it's invisible. We can't see past a certain point, right? So when we say we can't, we've seen them. Mm. No, we haven't seen them. We've seen their, the their effect. effects. Yeah, exactly. So, their shadow. So for people that don't know about black holes, they're theorized because they're having an effect on everything around it. Like let's say there's a, a, a what would it be in the universe? Not a blank spot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just a blank spot, and things are getting pulled towards it or bending or around. Bending it. of bending, light. Bending of yeah. light. This is the key thing, right? And so this is where Einstein came in. He said, "Look, if you've got enough mass somewhere in the universe, its its effect will be so strong that it will bend light, right? Mm. But we know light has no mass, and so Newton and all the you know eggheads at the time were like, well, that can't be the case because so that was the theory, though, and that was the big theory, right? It's like how can we how can mass you know bending light when light itself is massless right we, mm. gravity we always think of an attraction between two masses but you know light itself doesn't have mass so how could it possibly be attracted now this comes this loops back to what we were talking about earlier where the sun and the moon have this coincidence in them where they're the exact same size in the sky that's a really convenient thing for us because all of a sudden you can look at stars that are sort of right on the edge of the sun when it's getting blocked out and you can look at how much their light is being bent mm. right this wouldn't ha- you wouldn't be able to do this because if you even looked at the sun like with a telescope, it would just destroy your optics completely, right? So the fact you can look at stars that are right on the edge of the sun during these solar eclipses, you can see how much that light is actually being bent. And they did this in 1918, right? They went up to... 1918? Yeah, 100 years ago, actually, almost. What the almost. fuck? And they proved Einstein correct with this simple observation, right? They were just like, look at these stars. They were here. Now they're over here. They've been bent by the exact amount, like down to the arc second that Einstein had predicted... And then it kind of proved general, rel- general relativity correct. So, you know, Einstein was right once again. When was Einstein born? 1800s? 1890s. Right. Yeah, okay. 1880s. I, don't quote me on that. Wow. Yeah, right. And so... Um, I guess they, had, they didn't have Xboxes, so... Yeah. So many distractions yeah. in the world, I guess. Yeah. A lot. yeah. But uh, so the whole... Op- the, f- and I'll... Say what I feel like. This is my my brief. Branch's crowning doctorate moment. He's doing his master's thesis. My brief brief dumb understanding of what a black hole is, and then you can go into it. So basically, we're going to do your theory. No, oh no, I'll I'll do my theory in a moment because that'll that'll explain. Imagine if he goes, "That is correct." Yes, you you are are doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So black holes, as far as I understand, are one of two things. They're either one, they're the a collapsed star that's reached the end of its life, uh, where the gravity has become so much and it creates a black hole um, and a supermassive black hole which is at the sounds like center a slur. Of, the center of every <laughs> one thing I'd like it's the center of every galaxy but also I'm just like couldn't they come up with a more complicated name and, <laughs> like oh that's in it's astronomy just super massive, massive. <laughs> it's, just, it's not just massive it's, it's not just black super massive it sounds like Donald Trump named it <laughs> yeah super super massive super massive <laughs> but yeah so super massive black holes they're at the, the uh, well actually we'll go into them next first Explain mm. the black holes that are created by stars. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, at some point a star dies, right? Our own star is going to die in about 4 billion years. So if we're still around, yeah. you know, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I reckon we'll be done by, ne- yeah, done yeah. by next year with uh, yeah. Russia. <laughs> yeah. A few nukes yeah. here and there, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, at some point stars run out of fuel, right? And the fuel is what's kind of creating that fusion. That fusion expensive. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, the, with the tariffs and whatnot going on, it's expensive running stars Fuck out here. Up. That's it. Right, so so at some point they just give up. They basically give up. They're, that that energy just stops giving out radiation, stops creating that pressure, and that collapses in on itself. Right, and that collapse creates a rebound effect. And this is this supernova. Stars explode, and at some point they'll sort of uh, either do one of two things. If they're really massive, well, if they're not massive, like our own sun, they'll just form a white dwarf. This sort of dominant kind of not light giving sort of object in in space. Or if they're really massive. 
that mass will kind of stay around for a while, keep collapsing in on itself with nothing to push it outwards, right? No, no more energy. Mm-hmm. And it'll form an infinitely massive, infinitely dense, I should say, point where all that mass is in a single point in space. Mm-hmm. How do they know? How, How do they know? know? Well, we're going to have to theorized? trust Einstein on this one. So that's yeah. a theorized. That's a, that's that's mathematically it, what we believe would be the case. It doesn't because make sense. We don't know a hundred percent what the go is with with yeah, black holes. Exactly either, right? right. We've never we've tried to create black holes on Earth. That sounds uh, kind of crazy. Yes. In Who the, would uh, want to do in, that? In the um, yeah. what if it collapses col- in, in the itself? Hadron Collider. Exactly. In the Hadron Collider, you smash things together so much so that they, uh, you know, the particles are overlapping themselves in space, which is. A crazy idea to think about that two things can be overlapping in space. How? how? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not three dimensional. Then, well, this is where is it a different dimension. This is where quantum comes in, right? So quantum it deals with everything that's at the small level. Yeah. Hey, don't spoil Ant Man for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> no. Um, so look, you know, at some point, matter just stops making sense, right? You don't just have physical balls that define atoms; mm. they're just empty space for the most part, right? Yeah. And so you can kind of think about well if I'm just putting empty space over empty space, mm. then that's possible, right? But if you have this sort of uh, archaic view that, that atoms are these physical objects, like two balls, you, mm. of course you can't put them on top of each other, but they're not that. They're, they're kind of uh, clouds of, of, of space. Mm. They're not really physical objects, yeah, right? So that's, okay. that's this idea, and that's what's happening in a black hole. You're getting all of that material, you're overlapping it on itself, right? And it gets infinitely... F- and it's the gravity that is bringing it in. Yeah, and it's a vicious cycle, right? Because then as soon as you get more massive, you're pulling in more stuff. And if you're pulling in more stuff, you get more massive, blah, blah, blah. And you end up with this sort of runaway effect of a black hole. This hurts my and, head. And then at mm. one point, that, so it, it, it reaches a tipping point for a black hole as well because that can die and end. Is that right? There's, there's Where does it go? Yeah, that's in, yeah, that's what I want to know. There's something called uh, Hawking radiation, radiation, which yeah. is like evaporation of black holes. But uh, – that takes many, many times the the age of the universe to evaporate a black hole. So that's probably not what happens. Okay. Um, we think they just hang around. They're just you know chilling out in space. And do, are they like a tiny dot? I can't tell you. Yeah. And so because is that the theory though that it gets so pulled in on itself, it's just a little spot. I don't even want to call it a dot because a dot implies that there's some physical space to it, right? Even a dot takes space on a piece of paper, right? It's, yeah. It's smaller than that. It's infinitely small. <laughs> what if you're just in a spaceship and you hit it? <laughs> oh, okay, now this is great. This is great. All right, time travel, right? Yeah. Okay. You can actually do time travel, uh, yeah. but only one way. You can go forwards in time. And the, the way you do it, this is crazy, all right? This is going to blow your minds. So if you go close to a, a black hole, the gravity there is so strong that your time is moving more slowly than the time of someone that's not at the black hole. This is called Interstellar. Did, Interstellar. Did they do a good this, way of Interstellar is one of the best movies I've seen uh, that kind of actually takes true to the, to the science itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is what's happening, right? As you're getting close to that black hole, time is slowing down. It's called time dilation for you, right? It's not like your clock is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. functioning slow and you're not like going in slow-mo. You're living your life as you would, but just time is relative, right? It doesn't actually have a fixed, there's not a fixed clock in the universe, right? Yeah. And then you come back, you know, having journey journey to your, your black hole and you come back and people are, have been, you know, living their lives many times quicker than you have, and so all of a sudden you've kind of travelled forwards oh, in time. What the fuck? Yeah, Hang this on. is legit, and it's, it's definitely possible. So, so what? Like, <laughs> at what point does, um, like, because this is we're talking before you get to the event horizon part of a black hole. This is just within the boundaries of of the gravity pulling you towards. The it. closer you get, the more time dilates. So why, why, why? I don't get this. Hang there's on. Like, there's a so I, the way I experience time <laughs> is, is linear, different it's linear, yeah. to how you're experiencing time. Yeah. 
That's right. Exactly. Oh, How that crazy doesn't make that? any sense. There's this little vein forming at the end of uh, Daniel's head, which <laughs> yeah. like, brain's gonna like melt. Yeah. If I tell him one more thing, but that's that's <laughs> that's that that's be. Like How come three-dimensional yeah. way of thinking about it, isn't it? So you have to go past the third-dimensional way of thinking yeah, and think, exactly. thinking of bending space and time. And I've, I've seen how, like, we're we're at that point where time travel and moving to distant planets and galaxies is not the ca- going there in a straight direction in a rocket is yeah. not how we will do not it. Optimal. It will be bending space and time to make that point and that point the same point. Yeah. Nothing, nothing's yeah, yeah, yeah. free so in the universe. You're doing Scorpion. Get, get over here. Yeah. And you're just pulling them closer well, together. We don't have a piece of paper, but uh, you've seen that. Yeah, Everyone's seen that. Yeah, and you and put the pencil. Is that, re- is that legit or is that just something they do for the or movies? That, that's where we get into the theory. Yeah. Right? That's a possible mathematical explanation of how you could, what you could do if, and, and we do think this is correct. General relativity is this explanation of, of bending space. Yeah. If it's true, and we definitely think it is because it, we can't disprove it at this point. We're trying to. Yeah. If that was true, then mathematically you can have these situations where you can puncture space uh, and, and travel shorter distances than the physical space between them by, by kind of uh, venting between them. Because so. if you sh- surely if you can bend light, you can bend space. Yeah, well, actually what you're doing is bending space and light just light's actually travelling in a straight line. So you're already bending line. space. You're already bending light. space. Light's actually travelling, for all it's concerned, in a straight line, but it doesn't realise that it's in space, which is bent, right? Wow. It's travelling in a straight line. That yeah. makes and the, and the straightest line in bent space is a curve to those observing it, right? That's, that's the mind-bending bit. <sighs> we wow. Discovered fire like <laughs> <laughs> we discovered fire. Yeah, so, um, okay. Mm. We got, we, I want to go back to this experiencing time. Okay, yep. We'll yeah. go back to that experiencing so, time because then I want to uh, – actually, no, go to that while we're, while we're on it. So why – if I'm experiencing time here, mm-hmm. right, like an hour – why, and I know clocks go a bit slower the further they are away from the earth, right? That's right, yeah. But why, like, why does time change for me? Yeah. Because it's not, time's not a, th- a thing. Exactly. So every word you used there was a human word. Yeah. Hour, clock, yeah. time. These are all human constructs. You can't yeah. really use those words in the context of general relativity of bending space because they're just so outside of our concept of what it means to be time right yeah the only thing i can say to this is that nothing in the universe is free you can't just create stuff without some cost yeah if you're going to go to the trouble of bending space right you've got to pay some way and the way to pay for it is to bend time slow time down right so there's there's this correlation that happens between space and time right space is not this independent thing it is there is a four-dimensional world that we live in space and time three dimensions and one in time yeah those two things aren't disconnected they are related and so if you stretch Length, you collapse time, right, and vice versa. Nothing's okay. for free. Oh, okay, nothing's for so free. So it's more. Okay. It's like that uh, that idea of uh, or the theory of the the every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, it's conservation of matter in Newton. some ways, right? Newton, oh. way back to the the good old days of Newton, where Ooh. yeah, so things just fell from out that way. Trees. Yeah, collapses. Yeah, in that way. nothing's oh. for free. There's a okay. cost, and that's what it is. Time. Okay. Wow. That makes more because I was somebody struggling, has I was struggling to like process yeah. it in my head, but that. That sort of visualization of it yeah. makes me even for uh, me. I don't even conceptualize it myself, right? I, yeah. I still don't have that grasp of what this actually means and what it you know for a human to experience that. And Einstein was doing this shit without Google. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like he was creating that man. That yeah. is insane. Um, and Something has to be bigger than just. What's your theory on God then? Now that you're an astrophysicist, yeah. Oh, I, look. Well, I'm, and take away from the dogmatic religion of God. Yeah, yeah go down yeah, yeah. the idea of God, a creator, or, like a an, or a, a source, infinite or, source energy. Yeah, look, I think there's this idea that I 
kind of come to grips with is God of the gaps, right? Which is like, I don't have an explanation for this thing, therefore God must have done it, right? Mm. You know, this is called God of the gaps. We, we didn't have an explanation for, you know, stars out in the sky, so therefore God must have put them out there, mm. right? And so every time God gets explained, used to explain a certain phenomenon, we, we've science has proven it wrong, right? So it's hard for me to kind of come to the grips with just filling blanks with, with God did it or, yeah. you know, some divine being did About it. That 400, so. 400, man. Yeah. And well, three, two. Yeah. And the distance. Yeah. And the 28 days. It's all, well, that, and that's the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. this is where my, like, we'll go down my theory mm. on that, on that point. <clears throat> this so is big, really good. So the big bang. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually that comes to it. wasn't the point. big, wasn't a bang. Just yeah. to be clear. Ooh. Okay. So, well, this may be, um, this is just my, and not a theory. This is just me like using my logic. Of We're going to need that brief to do another podcast. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Because I've got so, so many yeah. more questions. But so if, if we know that um, a, a, a black hole is just uh, the, I guess the sun collapsing in on itself to a point in which it, it expands it's, sorry, it collapses so much that it ends up sort of sucking everything into it. Uh, mm-hmm. keeps going. And we see that with supermassive black holes. Basically, the, the yeah. galaxies are just, yeah, uh, the, everything that's within the Funneling realms of that. Into it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so as we know, the, the universe, as old mate said, the universe is expanding <laughs> and, and we know it's going out and it's... It, it's Who said that? That was... I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what, what impression was that? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and we know Moving it's <laughs> uh, no, no I don't know if we know you can uh, we've, it's theorised that it's going to then collapse in on itself yeah. the universe because what we're so, like rebounding like you said before or it's so rebounding if the universe open? is just a, a larger version of what a black hole is is that potentially what the big bang was just the universe collapsing in on itself bang and starting again yeah we don't actually know what's the fate of the universe right there's a few different ideas you either keep expanding infinitely right to the mm. point where uh, this, the distance between everything is so far that everything just cools down. It's called the big freeze, right? Again, okay. astronomers. Yeah. Very good. Freeze, right? Yeah, yeah. so big, so yeah. freezing. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and then the big crunch is the opposite where at some point gravity takes over again. Yeah. And that expansion gets kind of stifled and things go backwards and collapse back in on themselves. And this is this idea that maybe, well, the Big Bang was just that rebound yeah. happening over and over again, right? Over these billion-year cycles. That's and another that's, toxic that, relationship. Ooh, big bang rebounding. and a rebound. So uh, I wasn't wrong, like in, like a, as a theory. It's a yeah, potential absolutely. theory. Absolutely, yeah. And that's I, I mean, doctor. Yeah, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So your contributions to science. It just makes sense in my logical head. But that if that's to happen while we're on Earth, we're fucked, right? Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. We just get smashed into fuck all. You wouldn't even feel it. It's it, it'd be that instant. That's again my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't feel it. <laughs> so, this, and that, what's uh, your theory? What do what do you subscribe to? What do you tend to favour? Or what is the academic outlook? Or is it completely split down the middle? Yeah, it's split for the most part. And right. that's the thing because there's little evidence that you can kind of point to what could be the potential extrapolation of the universe. Right? Again, this is the idea of extrapolating. Right? We tend mm. not to do it because it can go many different ways. Right? Yep. It, it doesn't converge. So I don't know. I like the idea that. Uh, we're on this kind of cycle because that checks out as far as like my human brain understands that yeah. okay, cycles exist yeah. there. And then you don't have this problem of beginning and end. It's it's infinite, all, it's infinite right? It's always been happening. And, and one of the big questions that people ask is what happened before the Big Bang? Well, A, we, we can't know because it's physically impossible to know, mm. right? But it also just voids that question altogether because if you have this sort of looping of the universe, then 
then it all kind of comes together. And that's why I I like it, but it doesn't mean that it's correct, right? It makes me feel more comfortable at night, but that doesn't I feel far more comfortable with it. I'm sticking with it. (laughs) it. When they say God knows. But I guess that's what all good uh, scientists would do is they they have a theory. Yeah, we try to prove it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, this is the difference about science compared to most kind of like fields or kind of jobs that yeah. you'd be out there. You're not trying to prove yourself correct for the most part. You're trying to prove yourself incorrect, right? Because if you just kept proving yourself correct, 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 no one would learn bias. anything. Confirmation bias. You wouldn't learn anything. It'd be yeah. boring. If you're proving yourself incorrect, that's where the exciting stuff comes out, right? Mm. And this is why we're on this mission to prove Einstein incorrect. We haven't done it yet, but we're on this mission because as soon as we prove his theories incorrect, that's where we discover something new, right? So it's it's hard actually for for scientists that like especially young budding scientists because you know you're coming. Einstein's into this already world. done it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either it's all been done or anything that you put forward is going to get kind of hailed down because you know it's all about proving things incorrect, right? And there must. Be- I wish they did that with the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. So there must. <laughs> actually, some science. There must be, I guess, a bit of like you just mentioned the young scientists coming mm. up trying to. There must be a bit of. Uh, Stay in your lane, like yeah. What's it like out there as a professor? Because you're a young, you're like a young guy, twenty seven. Yeah. Probably as young as you can be to be an astrophysicist. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Is that un, is that like pretty rare? Oh no, I think actually these days young people are getting more into the sciences than than ever before. Right? How did you did you always want to do this, or were you just good at physics at school? Or? Not even. No, I was a bit of an idiot. Um, yeah. I liked I liked phys- no I had one really good teacher a uh, good physics teacher yeah. and he did astronomy and, and he got me passionate about astronomy and then That's I just realised oh, one this teacher is, yeah it, what was Paul, his name give him a shout yeah, out Paul Zamponia he knows me I know him well I go oh, yeah. and teach his students as well so oh, occasionally sick. great guy what school. Duncraig Senior High School. Really? Yeah, just up Shout north. Shout out. Yeah, that's in the area. It. Yeah. yeah, just up north. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Cool. Represent. Yeah. yeah. So you, you got you got a little spur from that? Yeah, I got a spur. I think, you know, I, I always like understanding how things work, right? That's just so exciting when you figure out that, oh, that's how a microwave works or that's yeah. how this happens. Or well, when right? you get around to women, let me know. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> you know, there's some questions in the universe just need to stay <laughs> unanswered, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. steer clear of that one, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather talk about black holes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I think that's just an exciting thing to do. And then so you look at astronomy and it's like, we, we know shit all. Like, yeah. Where as far as the universe is concerned, we know this tiny little slither of what we think we know, right? And then there's everything else out there. And there's this idea that like every time you discover something, you discover two other things that you don't know, right? Yeah. So it's like this journey of con- continuously, you know, learning new things, but then yeah. learning how much you also don't know. Because what is it? You don't know what you don't know. You don't know. There's the three knows, yeah. right? It's like the things you know, right? The planets, the stars, all yeah. the matter. There's the things you don't know, and that's like black holes. We don't know about black holes. We don't know about dark energy, this sort of expansion of the universe. Yeah. And then there's the things we don't even know that we don't know yet, right? Mm. And I can't even list those oh. because I don't know I don't know. I them. heard yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about this yeah. the other well, day. Well, he ripped it from Carl Sagan. So, okay. And cool. I'm ripping it from... Neil, so <laughs> but this whole this whole idea of like, uh, yeah, we don't know because you learn something know. new and then you don't know something about that new. Something. Yeah, so even yeah. and he used it to reference you know climate change and a few things that like mm. we we were worrying about something else in nineteen hundred. You know, like completely different. We didn't know about the other other things, but yeah, that yeah. idea of we don't know what we don't know is yeah. scary. Yeah, and sometimes you got to stick to your guns a little bit. You've got to be like, this is what I think I know, but you know, you know that you're probably going to be disproven in 10 years. Some smart person's going to come along and go, well, actually, mm. what you thought you knew because you had this small subset of data that kind of explained your results is actually completely wrong because now look at all this other data we have. So, yeah, yeah in some ways you've got to understand that, you know, most of science is mm. wrong from the get-go. It's something we come to grips with is that most of the science we're putting out there is not correct by definition, but that's not a problem because we know that science is this journey of mm. continuously proving yourself wrong 
proving yourself wrong, blah, 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 learning, yeah. learning more along the way. So we'd, we'd like, for example, we'd know it, mathematically we probably can't survive going into a black hole. Probably not. But we don't know. But that does, we don't know, do we? So is that a potential uh, a warp point in time that we're talking about before? Like is, are, those, are those things? And then not – I know you don't know, but uh, yeah. is there potentials with those? And then coming up with those sorts of theories, is there sort of you – know, what, what are you talking about? Like black holes. Like yeah. go, going into them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is what no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm asking you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're talking about going into a black hole? Yes. Okay. What That's was it. warping? So if you die, yeah. you sorry, yeah. it's pretty widely accepted die, that you're going to die if you go into a black hole. But, but we don't know that. But right. if we didn't, what would happen? What would happen? And this mm. is where Interstellar, I think, is, is a good movie in some regards because it gets crazy when whatever. Uh, kind of hey, goes into the black hole and things go kind of crazy and n-dimensional. I think that's really clever like, because yeah, we don't it, actually know what's in there. Yeah. So you sort of get creative liberty in some sense. You can just do whatever you want inside mm. the black hole. And not only do we not know what's in there, you know, the physics says that we can never know what's in there. That's the other uh, thing. We're not allowed to know what's in there. Why? Because light can't get out, and if light can't get out, information can't get out. Ooh. So that's the whole problem. Oh, and Unless the, science- and the idea of that was that they, uh, they in that movie, yeah. was they put the probe into the black hole yeah. and sent the data back before it was untransmissible. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And that also created some teleport- teleporting and, and whatnot. And, and that that's solved fine. the mystery that they were trying to figure out. That's fine, was- because that doesn't break any rules that we currently have because yeah. we don't have any rules inside of a black hole. That's why I thought that movie was really clever. Wow. So what if science figures out that something is coming out, we just haven't figured out what that is yet? Or that's we science. haven't, yeah. And that's science. So there could be something coming out of a black hole, but we don't have the tools to record it. That's right. Yep. Or it could be- Or to travel there or to, yeah, uh, yeah to monitor it. Exactly. Wow. Fucking hell. Uh, so- It's mind bending. It took you seven years to do this. That's right, yeah. And now that you're a young doctor- you're a professor as well? No way. No, that's What's like, that? that's like that- 20 years from now. Okay. Like, professor is like the peak of, of academic. It's like boss of boss, CEO oh. of science, right? So I'm a, what I'd call a, a research associate, a postdoc, postdoctorate. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of like the first time you can call yourself an astrophysicist and get paid a real salary. Yeah. Um, but you're still very much at the bottom. Yeah. Right? Wait, what's the, who pays you? Like so, the government? So it depends, right? Depends on which country you work as an astrophysicist in. Do you have allegiances? <laughs> Like, talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So countries can hire you to yeah, so work for them. In Australia, it's done through universities. Universities yeah. get paid through either governments or their own kind of grant systems. And then- Is it well-funded? Australia is one of the best places to do science and astrophysics in general. Yeah. Australia is genuinely one of the best places to do it. Um, and it's because, I look, we don't hear about this much, but we, we kind of do care about science in some roundabout way. And I know that the government- you know, you know, stifles a lot of the funding that goes into science. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, scientists aren't just traded as like, you know, people just kind of sitting around thinking about things. Yeah, there's there's outputs that come from science, right? And a lot of astrophysics has these outputs that we wouldn't have, you know, thought that this is what we would have used for it. You know, like GPS, Wi-Fi, all these things came out of astrophysics. Wow. But we didn't know that was our plan, right? Yeah. So that's, it's all this offshoot technology that comes out of research that you don't plan to to discover but yeah. it does come about and so if you that's what they tell us right Delby yeah. we know yeah. it was reversed engineered technology <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we knew the conclusion yeah. we're just trying to get there yeah. and, and get some money on the way and um, as a young um, doctor if you come up with a theory do the old dogs try to shout you down are they very mm. stagmatic in how they were there's there's camps right there's camps yeah. where you know people have this sort of mindset that's uh, that's you know locked in and they, they won't but as a scientist it. shouldn't you be 
Yeah, but we're all human at the end of the day, so right? So ego but is a big thing? Yeah, ego, um, you know, just, you know, allegiances. Uh, it, it, it comes into everything. Because surely, like, in my head, the idea of following an idea and a concept and going, having my world shattered would be exciting. I'd be like, fuck, everything we thought we knew was wrong. Yeah. And it'd be like, right, now we can move into these new spaces instead of, like, sometimes you see these people... Like and I don't know what it's like in your field, but they won't change. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure it happens in, yeah, in it your does. field. It does for sure. They won't change. Um, but the exciting stuff, as you said, is when we break through those kind of assumptions that we had and realize, oh shit, we were wrong this whole time. Yeah. All right, that sucks, but cool. Let's move on. Let's 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 learn well, some let's stuff. Let's use yeah. this now yeah. new knowledge to, to go right. Fuck yeah. that. Opens up this avenue and this avenue and this avenue. That's that it. would be that's the exciting part of science, I think. So yeah. becoming a doctor, you have to do a doctorate. Yeah. What, did you have to pick a subject that you wanted to do, like a thesis or that's, something? That's what a doctorate is. It's like yeah. one very spe- – it's like a narrow part of a narrow part of a narrow part of a field, right? So for me, it was astronomy as my field. Yep. Uh, then galaxies is the narrow part of my field of astronomy. And then within galaxies <laughs> – The narrow part is just galaxies. <laughs> galaxies. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, like in the stars, there's planets. Yeah, there's like, yeah, you know, yeah. There's moon. You know, there's, I mean, space is so big, right? And, yeah. then, and then my narrow part of that was understanding the structures of galaxies, so the shapes of galaxies. So that, that, that excites That's you? That's my thesis. Uh, not anymore because I did it for three years and I'm kind of sick of it. Because ah. <laughs> so, so ne- galaxies are – Generally, they're different to nebula, yeah. is it? So that's nebula. That's a nebula within a galaxy. So nebulas sit within galaxies. Okay. What the fuck is a nebula? Nebula are where stars form, right? So, okay. so we formed in we the, our star formed inside of a nebula. Nebula are gas pockets where like it's really dense amount of gases here, and they're kind of starting to form stars. Yep. This is this idea of brothers and sisters. Stars form so that's in a stellar nebula. Ne- that's a nebula. Yeah. Okay. And there's lots of nebula inside of a galaxy. And over time, you know, those nebula form more stars and those stars form this structure that is a galaxy. Right. And for example, the pillars of creation, the it's one nebula. nebula. It's just one nebula. Not even a special nebula as far as I'm concerned. You're yeah, just, it just looks Millions cool. of these nebulae. It does look cool because it's kind of, kind of this one. Okay. Yeah. There's this, um, there's this nebula. I don't know the name of it now, but it's like genuinely looks like a, just a rope finger. Really? <laughs> so good. The fucking I nebula. I think it's called the Defiant Nebula. <laughs> <laughs> right. I and love it's that. honestly, iconically like a- Or so if nebula. it was scientists, it'd just be the middle finger nebula. And so yeah. that's just a small part of a galaxy. That's it. Our galaxy. And that's where the stars are forming within those nebulas. That's right. That's right. So there's all these levels to it, obviously. So yeah. where, um, and I just keep using that one because that's one of the only nebulas I really know. But where would that be? What, what part of- what galaxy is that one like? That's, that's in our galaxy, and it's actually really it's near. It's in our own galaxy, in the Milky Way. In, in the Milky Way galaxy, right? Oh, and so wow. The reason it looks so detailed is because it's so close to us, right? Yeah. It's really, really, it's one of our closest nebula. Um, but or maybe it was just a good artist. Yeah, that's it. Just went <laughs> that fucking like on the dome that's yeah, like covering yeah, yeah. the earth. You yeah, know, just yeah, like yeah. painted on. <laughs> yeah, or whoever was interpreting the results was like, "I'm going to make right. this look that's cool." Right. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Why do you think COVID's been happening the last two years? They had to change all the batteries and all the birds. You know? <laughs> oh, you've heard that conspiracy? That birds mean? are birds are fake? Oh, what, what do you mean conspiracy? <laughs> Actually, in saying that on conspiracies, flat earth, is there a way that you can just like scientifically just go bang, this is why yeah. you are wrong? So uh, Solar eclipses, right? Because if the earth was flat, its shadow on the moon, right, would be a, a, you know, a flat disc, right? But it's not, it's a circle. So there's going to be a lunar eclipse in like a few months from now, maybe like a, a month or two. Yeah. Look at it. If you see a thin line across it, then your earth is flat. Oh, uh, yeah. If it's a circle, the earth is round, right? But it's as simple if- as that. The Greeks knew this like 2,000 years ago. It's not like, it's not even a conspiracy anymore. Because if, if we were flat, yeah. the shadow that it would cast... And when it directly lines up, would be a thin line. Yeah. But what if it's just a big fucking flat disc and it's filling it up? But it, it forms a curve. It forms a circle on the moon, right? So it's, it's yeah, a circular yeah, yeah. shape. So you'd have to be a cylinder. So, or 
the lamp that they're using, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little Truman Show. Yeah, Truman Show esque, right? Or the that isn't even the moon isn't even real, and they just. Pr- Put a fake. Yeah, there's a comic over Maybe in a simulation. There's an Irish comic. Um, fuck, I forgot his name. Uh, that I met in Edinburgh, and he's like, um, he goes, "The moon, the moon's real." He goes, "The moon, you believe in the moon? Birds are charging." And you just, if somebody <laughs> tells, if he tell, if somebody tells him a conspiracy theory. He just comes at him with a harder one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, That's what you yeah. got to do with the birds on power theories. lines. They're charging. That's you like one up them always. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why what Jamal did in the street the other oh, yeah? week when he was asked um, if he believes in abortion, and he said, "I don't even believe we're real." <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you contest that? <laughs> you just fucking walked away. <laughs> it's the ultimate defense to any argument, right? Well, what's yeah. the um, biggest misconception though? Since we're talking about conspiracies and, and that, mm. biggest misconception or fake news that you hear about astrophysics or stuff that you have to prove wrong all the time, oh, or like it's got to be the moon landing. It's got to okay. be. Right? It happens yeah, right. right a bit. I look. Yeah. What do you either think? way, either way, I don't care because yeah. mm-hmm. we're going to land on it soon anyway. Right. So in a few years' time, yeah, we're going back, aren't we? Yeah, we're going yeah. back. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we're going for the first. Well, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depends on what you think. But here's my here's my one bit of evidence because I could tell you all about like you know the cameras that they used mm. and like the video stuff and you know, all the, you know, footage that there is. But there's one answer that I always give for this, why I think it is real, and it's the Russians, right? At no point has any Russian official, Roscosmos, that's the sort of NASA equivalent in Russia, ever claimed that NASA didn't go to the moon, mm. right? But they poured millions, billions of dollars into trying, trying to figure to that them. out, yeah. right? And to, to beat them for one, and then also after the fact to prove that it did, oh, or did really? not happen. Yeah, they wanted to be, you know, absolutely yeah. sure, because mm. if they didn't do it, then that was their chance to do it first, right? This is an arms race of getting to the moon. Mm. Not once have they ever claimed that NASA hasn't gone onto the moon. So if the Russians haven't claimed it, either you have to then believe that the Russians and the US are, you know, in cahoots, co- cahoots mm. which then mm. you—that's another crazy idea altogether, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You have to be, if you believe that, you'll believe anything, yeah. right? So well, World either War that's II, true, they got together, so. or the less surprising thing I think is that we actually did land on the moon. But want- it's insane, man. Nineteen sixty-nine. That's yeah. right. Nineteen sixty-nine. I know they're fucking. Walking on the moon, sending back images and footage. Mm. Bro, when it rains, I can't get Foxtel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what so the fuck? Th- my, this is my theory on the moon, just a complete theory. I think awesome. we went. I think we went. I just don't think we f- – like the film and footage was like uh, false. Yeah, there's lots of – That's you all. Know, mm. You, still you think can we find infinite – uh, videos on on diagnosing the videos and whether they were real or not, yeah. or blah blah blah. For the most part, a lot of the original footage was lost anyway because it was on magnetic tape. Right, this is old school oh, way of filming, and that does that's not doesn't have a, that has a shelf life, right? So a lot of it was lost and destroyed and blah blah blah, and it's expired over time. So a lot of the original footage actually doesn't even exist anymore. Mm. So yeah, there's probably been lots of this fake footage that's been injected into and media. That's, that's exactly what yeah. I felt. Like yeah. they've just gone, fuck. What about the moon rock that they gave that was just fossilised yeah. log? That's pretty dodgy. But yeah. the you other know thing about is, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's there's infinite things you could kind of give as yeah. like examples for why not. It's but. a bit weird and dodgy, but I, th- I think we went just didn't, didn't, it's not the full story. <laughs> if they did go, they are the fucking, the bravest people oh, of all no. time. Yeah. Knowing you're about to step out of, First of all, well, out of a rocket yeah. where you're in the middle of the fucking space yeah. anyway, and then no you don't know if you're just going to shoot off. Yeah, because they didn't know anything back in yeah. you know, the 60s about the, you know, the moon. But yeah. They're, they're just crazy. hoping that the theory's right when they jump out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, explain, is it the Kuiper Belt? Yeah. Oh, the, one more question. Oh, yeah. Just hold on to yeah, that. Yeah, it's on this. Is belt. there a laser 
on the moon that we can shoot at and it shoots yes, back? Yes, there's a mirror, a mirror on the moon. There's a mirror on the moon left back. that they left there. And that's one of the reasons, you know, the easiest way to figure out whether you've actually been there is to shoot a laser. And if you get the mirror, if you get the light back, then for sure you were there. Uh-huh. The other thing that's useful for is, remember I said that the moon's moving away from us at five centimetres a year? Mm. Yeah. We know that because we left a, a mirror on the moon and we can measure that distance. And every year it's five centimetres further and further and further. Wow. Do they measure how long light... Take. Yeah, exactly, because we know exactly how long light takes, so you just got to figure yeah, out light's consistent. How, how long that time was, and you divide it through by the speed of light, and there you go, there's a distance. Is light consistent if it's bending? Yes, it always travels at the speed of light. Okay. Yeah. So as in, it will still, if there was a bend on the way, it would still get here on the same, in the same time, just out of interest? It would, no, it would, actually it would take longer, yeah, because it's travelled a greater distance, distance in the so curve. So maybe there's a bend that we don't, mm. oh no, you'd see it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd see it. Um, how big's the mirror? Uh, Meters. Right. Meters. Well, imagine if they forgot to pack it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see the face on the moon, it could just be... And these sorts of things, that's exactly why I think like we went. There's stuff we left there, like, it, we yeah. just I think the footage that they've injected, and that's where you get the artifacts that are... Yeah. It's probably an accident. They just littered. Yeah, probably <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. That's where we're sending all our recycling in Australia <laughs> these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Kuiper Belt? Yeah, yeah. Kuiper Belt. Explain what, what that. Is that? What is that? Okay, so we have the asteroid belt, right? Mm-hmm. Which is this uh, region between Mars and Jupiter where things are kind of gravitationally stable and blah, blah, blah. The same is true also beyond Pluto and some of the other sort of mini planets that are out there. There's this region where you have yeah lots of material that's sort of over time just be kind of deflected into this region. Again, it's in this gravitational stable place. It doesn't want to move away from it. It forms this sort of cloud around the solar system. A lot mm. of people say that's like one of the edges to the, to the, to the solar system. Mm-hmm. You can go beyond that, but there's then... You know, where does the solar system end? Where does the sun's influence on mm. the region around it? Where does it end? And one of the definitions is beyond the Kuiper Belt, or in some cases, to a place called the Oort Cloud. It's even further still. Oort Cloud. Yeah, sounds like a nickname for a butt. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, Oort. Uh, surely it ends where light doesn't reach. Light. Or does light infinitely? Just, so. Oh my God! Light travels forever. And infinitely, really fast. And so, yeah, because I, I did watch it, this documentary the other day oh. on inf- infinity. All right, okay. And they were talking about uh, even just the trying to observe the universe from the outside, the observable universe from the outside, would then be impossible because if the light is getting there, that's part of the observable universe. Yeah. So you can't. It's only a. It's only a, a theorized and a, like a mathematical equation of what we know we can collect because you could never look down yeah. upon the universe because that would be part of the universe itself. There are parts in the universe that we'll never see because the light takes too long to get from yep. there to us. Right? What the And fuck? it's only getting further, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. It's getting further and further. And the fact that it's further uh, and moving away from us means we'll never see it because it's moving at a speed that's faster than... The light coming back to us, so it's sort of in freeze frame. That's a crazy so idea. So it's moving faster than light, but it's not any. It's not something. So it can break the rules of physics in this case because not a physical object moving faster. Than, it's, it's it's space itself. Space is yeah. moving. So uh, expanding that it's, fast. It, it was it. Um, correct me because um, yeah. I'll definitely get a bit of this wrong. We are expanding at, at on the outer edge is faster than the speed of light. So then the yeah. speed of light can't get back. Past. That's right. Yeah. It'll never get to us because the space Why? itself. Who created this shit? <laughs> God. God, yeah. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah. It was God. Um, and then, so, there well, are we in a, like, a limited point in which there's certain galaxies close to us because they're expanding further away from us as well that every moment that we spend trying to not reach them makes it harder and harder. Yeah, to it get will. To I mean, 
you know, on the local scale, we've got Andromeda, which is our closest yep. galaxy to us. That's that's actually heading towards us. Uh, it's going to collide with Andromeda at some point. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's going to be a, what we call a merger, a major merger with two galaxies sort of... Uh, Donald Trump again. again. Major merger. <laughs> <laughs> again, the astronomy, like we just, if it's like a merger of two... Major merger. It's, <laughs> it's so easy. That's why people like Donald Trump. He's just got like... <laughs> simple. It's super easy. Yeah. <laughs> we need to merge. Majorly. Majorly. <laughs> that's it. Fuck, so is anything going to happen when we merge or they don't know yeah I mean we've seen shit's gonna cl- like yeah it's, it's crazy you look at some of these merger images of galaxies colliding and things that you know shredded and, and being you know like ripped into pieces and the galaxies itself will not look like what they once looked like mm. the crazy part is right that no two stars within the remember these galaxies have 300 billion stars no two stars will collide most likely because there's so much space between the stars like us in the next star over four light years worth of space mm. and there's not really that much you know, we're not really that big, that no two stars would actually collide as these things merge together, right? It's not a collision, it's a merger, a major merger. A major, major merger. So would there be like more busy parts of a galaxy, oh, we for get example? Fucked. Aren't we yeah. moving into a, uh, at this stage, a, 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 bit, a, a more busy part of our own galaxy? Yeah, so we're always constantly moving through different parts of space. Yeah. And, and for sure we're moving towards what, you know, the denser parts of space at any given time. Um but yeah, when this happens, like things will be shredded. The planet won't stay around the sun anymore. You know, it, it'd be chaos. We, we're dead for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, and then I see that uh, we we actually did we see uh, two black holes merge. Oh, this is recently? this is uh, yeah gravitational waves. This is this is huge. So this is what Einstein predicted again, yeah. right? Hundreds of years ago, a hundred years ago, um, that if you have two massive objects uh, merge with one another. They'll send out a wave in gravity throughout space, right? And this is this is you okay. have to think of it like a, a if you drop a something into a pond, it sends out a ripple. Yeah, that's what's happening when these two things merge. They send out this ripple of space fluctuating up and down, bending, getting thick, you know, stretched and compressed, stretched and compressed mm-hmm. through the universe. It passes through the Earth. The entire Earth stretches. This is not a joke. This is actually what happens by you know tiniest fraction of a photon. Uh, protons width so a tiny amount you'd never notice it yeah. but it is happening but measurable how and did measurable. they measure it lasers man lasers is the solution freaking lasers <laughs> <laughs> what do you, so what do you mean so same idea with, with the moon right we, we send a laser to the moon it hits a mirror it comes back yeah. and we know that distance exactly if you do the same thing on earth but really really far you see how far that distance is and if it's stable all good and then all of a sudden it gets shorter and then it gets longer, and then it gets shorter, and longer, and longer. And it's the same pattern that you would see if two black holes merged. So it's the fact that you saw this laser change by a fraction of amount, right? The distance between the laser, yeah, the, the two mirrors, by a fraction of amount, but the exact same pattern that was predicted by the theory of general relativity that Einstein put out. What right? the fuck? So in the same way that you, <clears throat> you turn the data into a colour for a picture, can you turn it into sound? Yeah, so with, with black holes, that's exactly what you do. You get this kind of chirp effect. Because if you think about what sound is, it's just you know vibrations, mm-hmm. right? And compression and, 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 and refraction, which is the stretching of those waves. Mm. That's what's making the sound. And so you can turn it into a chirp noise, which is where it kind of goes up in frequency, where it gets to it's really like the point where the two black holes collide. Yeah. And that's where you have the highest kind of pitch, the highest frequency of those gravitational waves getting sent out. And that sound is exactly predicted by... Einstein's theory, he has a mathematical equation that lays it out, right? And then you look at the data and you compare the two and they're identical. So what a fucking freak, man. 
right? How did he? How did yeah. he do this? And he didn't like he, he said, didn't wear didn't the, he wore the same clothes every day. He didn't have to think about. It. Do That's you know it. all that stuff? No. Like he used to rid himself of choices so he could focus his his everything on. So he wouldn't wear clothes. Shalom. You'd have to be. So he'd wake up in the same every morning, have the same breakfast, same clothes, same everything. So he would wouldn't have to make choices and decisions. So he could focus his full attention on his craft. He'd have That's like just fucking dumb. Would, would, was he also the one who had, <laughs> must conserve brain space? Yeah. Was he also the one who? Um, uh, I feel like he, he yeah, sounds a bit autistic. He had little naps, or was that? Am I thinking of someone else? Newton or someone would have naps. Yeah, Newton had a nap under an apple tree. There was someone who. Yeah, that's what it was. There was someone who had naps, and they put himself on a rocking chair, and to a point. Thomas Edison, I think. Just at the point of, yeah, it might have been, and just yeah. at the point of where they'd reached the lucid the, point. Yeah. yeah, the alpha brainwave or the mm. what or the delta, and he it would fall and it would drop something off the rocking chair and it would wake him up and he'd get back up and he'd start theorizing. Amazing. More. I can't remember who that was. The original to, alpha brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm gonna go with that that alpha brain stuff that Rogan. Yeah. Stuff. I just want to talk about that very quickly. Yeah. Just gives me headaches. Yeah, gave me a headache because yeah. it's a neuro. Is it because it's because I've never operated that well? <laughs> no, no, because it's uh, what's the word for chemical that affects Neuro, your brain? The neurochemical, neural yeah, a neurochemical, but it's also mm, we have uh, neurons firing. Uh, you've yeah, electrical charge between pathways. The, now, nah, there's another word for it. That's it's like a not a neutrogen and that nat- Neutro- nootropic. Nootropic. Yeah. So uh, I, I, think, sh- I, I should have had my, uh, bra- yeah. my alpha brain today. Yeah, I <laughs> think that's – I've had my alpha dexies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what's happening is that maybe your brain hasn't – like they, it's overloading those Yeah, that's that how part. it felt. It felt like every time I had it, like I could concentrate. I could get a lot yeah, more right. done. But, fuck, I just had this – towards the end, I'd have this really bad headache and it would uh, – yeah. It'd make it worse, if anything. Probably. I just yeah. want to lie down and do nothing. Well, I mean, humans probably didn't evolve to have that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, start yeah, to yeah, put yeah. them in there. So then, I don't have alpha brain anymore. Yeah. But. So this laser that was yeah. there to measure gravitational, were they just hoping that two black holes collide somewhere and we're picking it up? Well, we think there's so many black holes in the universe that this is happening constantly. Right. right. And because it's like this thing that kind of transmits all throughout space, yeah. at some point, one's going to hit the Earth. And in fact, right. they've, they've discovered like hundreds of these things now. Okay. It's not, even, it's not even news anymore. How soon, how quickly after they created the laser point, whatever the measuring instrument was, did they discover it it's immediately? Like, it's like years. Like oh, in a wow. year or two, which is pretty impressive because yeah, you know, yeah. these things are like kilometers of, of tunnel that's completely vacuum sealed, that's like uh, soundproofed wow. and everything that huge technology advanced to, to, to make these things, right? But then they turn it on in a year and they start discovering hundreds of these these black hole mergers. So would it, would it have been this, uh, I guess, this idea that they had seen this black hole and that black hole through the bending light in, in the matter around them and realised they were on a path towards each other? Not or even. was it literally, just, literally just serendipitous? You because don't actually of infinite? know that they're there. Because of infinite, probably, yeah. no. Um, because you don't know they're there because you can't see them. So you just see the effect of them and then you try to figure out, okay, where did they come from? Where did that signal come from? That's the really hard part is to figure out where those Mm. merging black holes came from, which we don't actually know. We just know that they came from somewhere in this patch of the sky. Mate, imagine going to work every day. Nah, didn't happen. (laughs) Nah. Sorry, boys. (laughs) Going home. home. Year later. Tools down. (laughs) I remember when that happened, that was massive. What's the most recent astrophysics, like ground-changing discovery? Was that the most recent... Game changer. Yeah, I'd say the discovery of black colliding black holes because it opens up another dimension in the way we observe the universe. Like we talk about uh, optical light, we talk about infrared light, Mm -hmm. ultraviolet light. That's all 
electromagnetic. This is like on a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. This is like all the continuous uh, forms of one part of, of the spectrum, and that's light, right? Now, all of a sudden, you've got gravitational waves, which is a completely different dimension to look at the universe through. So that's opened up this, and, I, and we don't have a use for it yet, right? Yeah. But again, like I said, we'll figure it out. most of the time when we're looking out at things, we don't know what the uses are going to be. So it's really kind of exciting to see what's going to come out of looking at the universe through a completely different lens than so just light. How do you light. look at it through a gravitational wave? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We don't That's know it. yet? We don't know. We don't know what the use of that is. All that we know is that in astronomy, all we've ever done is looked at things with light. That's all we can do. Yeah. Because we can't go out there and you know hold up a ruler. Yeah. We can't put things on, on, on scales. So we have to use light. That's the only thing we have as an option mm-hmm. to do astronomy. So it's all of a sudden... We've got something else, right? Mm. And that's what's exciting. Is that how you guys, you guys, is that how we discovered the first black hole, looking at a star and then just seeing a, a bend? It's the bending. It's the bending that 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 kind of gave away the fact that you could see these black holes. And you can see simulations of these things and actually sometimes images of what it looks like to have that bending effect. And actually Interstellar showed the bending of the black hole. And it wasn't like, oh, look at this artist impression. They got in an astronomer, an astrophysicist. Oh, wow. Right? And they said, what would this actually look like? And then they ran computer simulations of what this would would look like and they projected that. And that image of the black hole that's shown in Interstellar is probably the best rendition, scientifically accurate rendition of a black hole that we've ever seen. I'm going to watch Interstellar again after this. I'm going to watch it. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, when was the last time you watched it? Ages ago. Mate, and it doesn't get easier to understand. I I watched it next week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> when, when they go when they go to the the, the construct the fifth dimensional thing that they construct for them to understand fifth dimensional reasoning in a three three dimensional world is like that started just blowing my mind yeah. it's well fucking well written well everything it's, it's well done yeah it's good it's yeah. Great movie. Yeah. i've um i've got a, a request well not a request but Actually, yeah, it is a request. So, um, Fish, if you're listening, this is for you. He's always like, get someone on that can talk about the Hadron Collider. How much do you know about the Hadron Collider? Yeah, very, Does it very little? Very little. Okay. And that's because it's on Earth, and I only care about things that are off Earth. <laughs> that's my blanket statement. Um, I know that it's in Switzerland. And yeah, they, they collide very massive, ob- uh, very small particles. Yeah, at, at I know speed. they. Sp- do, it's kilometers you- long, and they're trying to shoot protons at each yeah, other right. to split them up. Right? How do you do that? Very you know carefully. How, do, you know, yeah. do you know how they shoot it or speed something up? It's probably magnets. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. probably mag- no. So look, you've got to you've got to get these things to a certain speed, but you've got to do it over a winding effect. Because if you if you don't have a tube, then as soon as you speed something up, it just you know you're sending it off to, to nowhere. You need to get it in this kind of ring pattern, and then you have you know particles going one way and particles going the other way, and then you open up the tunnels and you have them slide in, collide in it's it. So at a very fast. Rate. I can't believe somebody just was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. Because if that created a black hole, we yeah. all could have fucking- That was the fear, wasn't there? There was a lot of pushback. A lot of people didn't yeah. want it because they were- A few f- naysayers. Yeah. Fearful, do it somewhere else. Fearful of the unknown. Do it out in space. Who knows? Yeah. Who's to say that didn't create a new timeline? I Mandela effect is legit. All right, yeah. Do you, do you, are you across this? It's like uh, people kind of sheepishly come onto an idea and then stick to it. Uh, is that it? No, Mandela no. Effect. Mandela effect. effect is when you remember- two things uh, differently. So some people remember Mandela dying in prison and some people remember him being freed. Yeah. And some people remember Shazam being Shaquille O'Neal. Some people remember it being... I remember it was Shaq. Who was it? Uh... I remember it being Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a, so there's but all a, these a things. A lot of people think it was this other actor. Yeah. The real yeah. question is was the dress uh, white and gold or was it black? <laughs> oh, that's, that's what we want to know. As an astrophysicist, yeah, so it, it depends it, on the light, right? 
<laughs> it does. <laughs> like I never understood that. Yeah. I remember seeing an explanation for it, but it, yeah, it's all to do with, it's actually all in the brain, right? It's our, our brain's way of taking shortcuts yeah, at seeing yeah. things, right? So, it, you know, if you're the kind of person that saw that dress inside of a room with neon lights or, you know, fake LED lights, then your brain would be like, okay, in that case, if it's not natural lighting, then it must be black and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're someone who saw it in the outside, you know, you've got natural glow, then you would see it as, you know, you take the shortcut in your brain and, and see it as white and gold. Okay. I could, I could change, which was... you Could, could you do that? Yeah. Because not everyone could. It's kind of like that spilling, spilling yeah, ballerina. ballerina. Yeah, I, if you can do that, that's... that's Retrograde it. Yeah, retrograde <laughs> that. There were moments where I'd be like, I can't change. And then there were moments where I could do it on call. So that's I don't know what that was going on in my head. You're obviously in your alpha state at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just on my rocking chair. That's right. Right. <laughs> um, fuck, I can't believe they just were like, yeah, let's smash them together and see what happens. Yeah, that's it. Because they didn't know, right? And this is where the quantum came in, right? Because mm. what's below the proton, if you smash it together, what is it made up of? And that's where we discovered quarks and all these other the crazy- The particle Higgs boson. Higgs boson. Mm. Yes, so exactly. the Higgs boson we discovered because of that. Mm. And that that's right. yeah. ends up- Well, it was theorised and then that proved it, right? Again, that's this idea where we theorise a lot of things. Some of them are correct, right? Yeah. And some of them are not correct. And yeah. it's the things that are correct that are obviously interesting. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I think a lot of people and a lot of journalists and a lot of everyone could use the scientific method of <laughs> come up with a theory and yeah. then try and prove it wrong. Yeah. That's it. Instead of trying to prove it right. I That's could it. say you're a lizard person. Yeah. And I'm right until prove, I prove it wrong. Prove me yeah. wrong. Prove That's me wrong. I'd have to tear your fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was right. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. What's yeah. what gets you going? What's your favorite part now? Of astronomy? Yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's Surprisingly, less to do with what I do on a day to day, and more just the talking to people and, and like this. Yeah, like honestly, I love See, this stuff because I've for loved an astronomer, this so much. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because, like, you know, the first time you do it, it's awesome. You learn all this stuff; it's awesome. Yeah. it's cool. But then you do a degree in it, and you've—I'm okay, not going to say you've learned yeah, yeah, everything, yeah, 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 but yeah. you've gone through a lot of it. So you want that second-hand experience of like teaching someone, yeah, mm. all this seeing amazing them, stuff, and seeing the vein exactly, getting the vein <laughs> popping and everything, right? <laughs> Fuck. To get that secondhand like uh, excitement over 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 science is, is yeah. really cool. So that's why I enjoyed doing it. So yeah. what about um, you? Did say in your email um, that there's a lot of pressure to write um, journal articles within the community. Are you expected to be working on shit all the time, or all what's the, time. the yeah, yeah? That's it. yeah you know multiple papers per year for, really? a, for a person of my my kind of career level. Yeah, for sure. Right. And if you're not doing that. Um, you know, you're really cutting down your prospects of getting the next job and the next job because these these contracts we get are like at best three year contracts, right? Yeah. The current one I'm on them three years. So what am I going to do in a year from now? Who knows, right? Yeah, right. It's genuinely a matter of that, and because it's such an it is a niche field, right? Astrophysics is itself. There's not yeah. many of us in the world. Yeah. Um. So there's less places for it, and there's a lot of competition for it. So you've really got to be a cut above. Yeah. And if you and the way, unfortunately, we like rank people is how many papers that they publish. Fucked. It is a bit fucked, and and like it it means that people who do other kind of contributions to the to the field, like myself, I, like I feel like I do a lot of work in in outreach and, and like yeah. you know getting getting in touch with the public and kind of projecting important out. stuff. I think the, yeah. I would think the important stuff, but that's not really seen at the academic level, right? Yeah. And that that's fine, I guess, but it does definitely breed this culture of like the only way to get forward is to publish, publish, publish. And are they just publishing shit? And that can that's what can happen, right? Yeah. That's what can happen. And what you get are these papers that are like, okay, look, we did this survey of a bunch of galaxies and they write a paper per galaxy, which is just uh. not interesting mm. and no one's going to read it. But look, look at all these papers I've published in the yeah. last year, right? Mm. So it does breed these sort of bad cultures around it's like the reality tv of academia yeah yeah it is putting out all this trash that doesn't mean anything that's right big catchy headlines yeah and then but nothing that's meaningful so that's i mean it look yeah in some ways it's good and in some ways it's bad and this is sort of the bad parts of astronomy what are you currently working on 
uh, lots of things. So I'm working a lot with the James Webb Space Telescope data, yeah. trying to make that from the shitty data that it looks like to begin with to nice, beautiful images that we can work yeah, with scientifically. And where, where does that take place here? Because this is in Perth? Yeah, this is in Perth. So we have a thing, this is amazing, in, in Western Australia called the International Centre for Radio Astronomy Research, which hires like 300-ish astronomers, engineers, data scientists, etc. Yeah. across Curtin University and UWA. And this is where I work. And, and so this is like one of the biggest research institutes in Australia and also around the world doing incredible science, yeah. incredible research and building the biggest telescope on the Earth currently. So we're building this thing called the Square Kilometre Array. So as the name suggests, it's a Very square kilometre of yep. telescopes, right? It's massive, but Fuck. will be. Of lots of telescopes. Lots of telescopes, yeah. yeah. So this is the thing, right? You try, you know, bigger is better in astronomy, not also just astronomy, but, yeah. you know, in general, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the bigger the telescope, the better. But at some point you build a telescope so big it starts to curve under its own weight or it breaks etc yeah, 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 it's a yeah, yeah. limit so what you do is you build lots of little ones and you space them out over the area of the size of a telescope that you would want mm. and all you've got is a bunch of holes in between your telescope but that's all right we fix that in post right that's the <laughs> idea yeah that's wow. the concept of these arrays and this is this new sort of uh engineering sort of tactic for building big telescopes and we're building one out in the middle of middle of nowhere actually in Mercer. so this will be a ground earth-based it's an earth-based one and so actually a radio telescope so this is we talk about optical light and there's the infrared there's microwave and yeah. then there's the radio. This is the really, really far wavelengths. Okay, is that wow. the sh- is that shitter? Yeah, it is. It looks shit. Yeah, <laughs> but but like it looks at cool science. So when I say it looks shit, the resolution is crap, yeah. right? Because it's these long wavelengths of light. It doesn't look like these really beautiful images that you see. In, so you what are you getting things. back on a piece of paper? It's just waves, and you turn that into an image. That's honestly one of the best descriptions I've heard of radio astronomy. Yeah, you're getting yeah. signals coming in, but it goes through a computer, and then you process it. You collect those signals together, and then you form an image after the fact. That's right? so three dimensionally or two dimensional. Three dimensionally, which is the crazy part about it, you not only get the image, you also get the depth. You get the wow. depth of these things, so you can start making these three-dimensional observations of things, right? And that's and the it, cool part. And, and it's one hundred percent accurate. No, it's like fifty percent accurate. I don't know. Oh, the thing wow. is, like, it's hard. This is a hard thing to do, and so you know, you've got to put a lot of work into just getting something that's a baseline measurement. So of this could be not real. That's real. I think that's, that's real. That's a nebula. That's a, that's a real nebula. But, but it's a two-dimensional nebula, right? You point a radio telescope at that and you can all of a sudden get the depth in this And thing. is that how you read the, the, the observable universe, through radio waves? We can. That's one way of doing it, right? And the great thing about radio waves is they don't get blocked by dust and other yeah. crappy things that are out in the universe. The wavelengths are so long, they don't even care about little particles and whatever. They just go yeah. straight through them, right? Yeah. So the radio waves are really like good at penetrating far into the universe. So we think we're going to use it the square kilometre rate to look at the very, very, very beginnings of the universe, the very most distant Probably just got on his rocking chair. What is... Like, so, hey, yeah, you know, got me. So it's road back on. Like, so oh, if it's expanding... Carpet belt on. We must know-ish where the centre is. No, we don't. Uh, well, I mean, look, you can you can make a prediction if you, like, reverse time, right, and see where everything's going inwards. Yes. You could be like, okay, that's where it probably is. But mm-hmm. the problem is when you're inside the expanding universe, mm. trying to figure out where everything's oh. expanding from... you got to... F- you, yeah. there's, no, there's no way of knowing. It's right? relative to where we it. are. If you were outside of the universe Fuck. and you saw where everything was, then yeah. yeah, you'd be like, there's the middle. But, but you can't be outside the universe because then you're still in the universe. Bingo. It comes back to that Which observational is that thing. The omnipotent observer, right? We are not that. We're inside of our own universe. So we can't even find where the centre is. No. It's like me trying to find the G spot. Oh. You know, it's somewhere in what? this region, but yeah, yeah, yeah. if it do, exists do at all, ge- do we have a general idea? That's the thing. I think we know generally where the center That's is. That's the or jo- the god spot in this <laughs> case. <laughs> the god spot. The god spot. <laughs> and what what do we do? We I guess we assume there's, there's a massive, super massive it. black hole in the middle. No, I think the thing is, there's nothing special about space when you zoom out. 
too far, right? Yeah. Everything just looks the same. It's homogenous, right? Yeah. Mm. Everything looks exactly the same at some point. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Because it's so is no, far. It's so far that even like blips that our galaxies are just blurred out. Over yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Space. And when it's you crazy. said Big Bang wasn't big. Or bang. Or, or a bang. bang. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. It's A better name for it would be the everywhere stretch. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I know her. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. explain the everywhere stretch. Because it's, there's nothing, there's nothing expl- a bang implies there's an explosion, like combustion happening, but there's yeah. nothing of that. It's just the, the space around us began to expand. Well, around us, I mean, everything that was the universe began, began to expand mm-hmm. and it expanded everywhere at the same time, not from a centralized point, right? Explosion implies that, uh, or bang implies that there was a center point and everything exploded into that region. Mm. Yes. Actually, no, it's the entire space itself expanding. Mm, that everywhere. is hell. That is Stretch. fucking with my head because oh. it's expanding into something that wasn't there before. But if there. it's not there, it has to be there because it's expanded into it. Yeah. What the fuck, man? So is, that, is that why that this, this idea oh, of, of the, fucked. the never-ending contracted yeah, exactly. makes... Stretch and contract. S- similar sort of sense. Instead of it being the... Explosion, it's the, the point in which it actually reaches the center point and then re expands back out. That's it. And that's wow. why that's a better name, right? We are in a fucking simulation. Okay, so what is it? Not the Big Bang, it's the, the Everywhere Stretch. The Everywhere Stretch. stretch. Yeah. Oh. It's like me on a bender. I'm just fucking stretching <laughs> out everything. That's the, that is the clip. That, oh, this, that is. There's two veins. It hurts my fucking skin. brain, man. We have to be in a simulation. Yeah. Because probably. to conceptualize. Our universe, and if it is expanding, then it's going out into something that doesn't fucking exist. But doesn't it seem more more uh, pos- uh, possible that because it's so unexplainable and so randomly mm. stupid almost that it's not by design and it is just a random occurrence? Could be. And this is where the God of the Gaps comes in. It's not God of the Gaps anymore. It's simulation of the gaps. This is when I think That's nowadays, a Kim Kardashian porn. <laughs> simulation of the gaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we turn to simulation now. It's like it's a bit of a culture thing to say, oh, no, it's, we're probably living in a simulation because I don't understand this. Yeah. yeah. It's probably because it's simulated. I just feel like it, it is just so- God was in- cool like 200 years ago. Now <laughs> yeah. simulations are cool. Yeah. Everything is just so improbable and so almost just, just random that it, it can't be almost by design, even though I do have that inner- th- thought that I feel like God, for lack of a better word, source energy is the, mm. well, I'll call it, um, mm. is probably the, the beginning of it all. But that's, again, it's just a third dimensional name for what is mm. really. Yeah. That's that's what I'm, I, I guess. It's I'm so, it really, thinking. really fucks with your head when you think about the size or Do you have the to, concept of nothingness. Yeah. Do you have to stop yourself from thinking about these sorts of things? I think about this every single day. So it's yeah. like constantly be, in my mind. Well, I was going to say, when you're having that sort of enormity going on your head, does it, become a point where you're just like I'm going to wear the same uh, thing eat the same yeah, food I just, that's right <laughs> yeah, do you just go I'm I just need to like I'm just no. going to go have a beer on the beach <laughs> just well, I definitely nothing. enjoy a beer on the beach but I think you just get numb to it all hey yeah. Yeah, I okay. think you just like in, everything gets so normal in comparison yeah. you don't even think about the numbers anymore as numbers you know yeah. you're just sort of yeah just have to accept it just accept it and, and you move on because right. there's a there's a sense of feeling that astronauts get when they see the view of the earth from yeah, the outside what's right. that called Do uh, we, yeah I know it I know it the know great view <laughs> it's a, but they come the very far view away <laughs> yeah, so the when they, away view yeah. when they come back they uh, they have this feeling of depression and sort right. of like in like Not in, in, insignificance in, yeah. I think because um, when you're up there in space right you don't have to deal with the stupid shit that happens on this planet <laughs> right? Yeah. right you're up there you know, you're away from that stuff. All you're dealing with is your day-to-day 
and that day-to-day happens to be looking at your your entire planet, which yeah. is pretty incredible, right? So yeah. then you come back to, you know, the shit that happens on the ground here and you're like, well, this sucks. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you, you'd be looking back at it like this is just a... Nothing compares. A spot. Yeah. I like, think everyone a- should go to space to... To create world peace. Yeah. Just to, to look that. back and go, that's us. Yeah. It's yeah. A Not lot, it's these a, different countries and fucking. I reckon that would be the case. Yeah. And hearing, yeah. A, I can't remember which astronaut was it, but hearing them talk about when you look at it, it's literally just a ball floating in. Or a disc. A disc. A big rock right. floating <laughs> in space, like just float, just there. Just, yeah. And that's where you sort of. Uh, you, you put yourself as this mm. is your home base, mm. this is where you base everything, but it could just be like. Could just float away. That's it. You know, like that's uh, that must be such a. It's a head fuck. Oh, it is the it feeling is. of insignificance. But um, yeah, fuck man. Um, we've oh. been going for how long? About uh, hour forty. Did you, have any, did you have any other questions? You were, uh, I, I did. It was something so to many do more with, that. We can. Yeah, the are type you, of um, people that you work with uh, is it a very type or do you typically get very similar like yeah. stereotypes of people? And are there many women in the industry? That's that's a big thing, right? Like, you know, obviously it's a male-dominated industry to begin mm. with. It was for the longest time. Science in general was seen as just something that only the men could do. And well, it still is, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And, I mean, like, we're, we're working hard to force against that, right? Because yeah. it's obviously not the case, right? So... Oh, just joking, <laughs> listeners, obviously. <laughs> Don't know why Daniel's giving me a wink over here. Like, <laughs> 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 that, like, mean yeah. to me? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. No, these days it's getting much, much better. Like, you know, the, the ratios are getting more even. We're seeing just yeah. as many women come in to... Now scientists are actually, yeah. like, learning... Skills, yeah, that's social it. skills. We're actually able to do more <laughs> things at the same time. This multitasking <laughs> idea is like, <laughs> yeah, like it's so much more productive. Um, <laughs> and you, are you one of the youngest in the field? Uh, I'm. Look, as I said, I'm probably one of the youngest people to become an astrophysicist. You know, it's the shortest amount of time it could take to do that. So yep. it takes about seven years. Yeah, you know, from from early early university to to, to doctorate. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless you get a wormhole in it. And so this work that you're doing with uh, the new telescope, uh, what is that leading towards and what are we trying to achieve and like what's exciting you the it's most good about it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, look, the things that I could list off the top of my head would be cool, right? But it's what I'm excited about are the things we don't even know that we're going to discover with yeah, this telescope, that's right? Yeah. That's, again, this whole idea of the things we don't know that we don't know, right? Yeah. So, and look, me personally, I want to look at what the early universe looks like because for... Just go to time. Midland. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's still sticks and stones. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what the James Webb's going to help you look at early yeah. universe? That's the thing. It's like so, so much bigger, so much more powerful. It can look further into the universe, pretty much to the kind of early beginnings of the universe, where the, where the first oxygen, carbon atoms were forming, that kind of stuff. Mm. That's what we want to look at. We've but, never seen this before. But sure, that's pretty exciting. Doesn't that? So uh, we talk about like we're looking back. At like three, oh, because the light is traveling, so we are be able to see it. Historians, so, right? That's what oh, we do. So we're looking yeah. back in history. The further back in t- distance you look, the further back in time you look. And we're getting to that point where we're looking to the very beginnings of the universe. But how do we. Can you beat, see dinosaurs? How do we beat the light there? <laughs> it, it catches oh, up because with us. We, yeah, it catches up. Oh, fuck. That is pretty fucking insane turning, to yeah. think. That's it. You're literally just looking back. So you could time. look at this, you could look at the dawn of. The universe. We call it cosmic dawn. Actually, it's funny you should say that. Cosmic because it, dawn. Because mm. the light wouldn't have got to us yet. No, it's just appearing, right? Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? What do you because mean? Because it's the center. The light, speed of light. We're travel. We're further away than the speed of light, so that it would eventually catch. Yeah, dawn catches up to us. Yeah, at some point. And with the further you look back in time, the closer you get to that that infinite point where light's traveling away, or it's not catching up to us. 
So we're right. We're trying to look to that very point where oh. the edge of the uni- the observable universe. We call it the observable because universe. Because the light can still get to us. It has the chance to still get it's to us. It's just behind. Okay. So it would be so like a little bit behind. If you think of a 10 billion years ago or something, yeah. Wow. Billions. billions. Wow. Oh, that's so fucking cool. And man. if that doesn't get you to the alpha state, I don't know what <laughs> Jesus. Fuck. Oh, my God. This has been All right. my favourite episode. We, well, I think we've got a regular. <laughs> We've got to get a regular uh, You're a regular science guy Always anytime I that's Love yeah. talking so space with you good. Um, Sick. Sick. Fuck. Uh, Is there anything you want to plug while you're Yeah any important stuff for people um, to Things are always happening in space Oh yeah. do you know what We should talk about this The, mm-hmm. the solar eclipse happening next year okay, cool. in, in, Up in Exmouth Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity Just happens to be in a beautiful place in the world near yeah. The yeah, Reef, yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 I really want to talk about that That's, that's awesome See cool. if we can get some people up there yeah. Oh, sick. Well, Squirrely, uh, our resident, uh, James yeah. Hackman. Ex-Mouthian. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he lived up there his whole life. So yeah, well, he's, he's, he's in for a good when, show. When oh, he, sold his, he sold his house, though. Yeah, yeah we, we need to find some to what's, what's this? April 20th. April 420. 420. Yeah, actually, <laughs> hey, there we go. Four, <laughs> 420 and a, what is it? A lunar eclipse? Solar eclipse. Solar eclipse. Let's that do a, like a, go out. Let's go do a hard yarns comedy show up there. On the solar eclipse, and then do a little bit of well, a. We like better. A it's a I think all the accommodation is. It's fucked. Actually, that's that's what I want to talk about. It's not can't. just like the fact that it's happening, but like how the hell is Exmouth going to deal with this? Right, they're yeah. just not going to. Ah, right. I mean, look, their, their facilities are not going to take yeah. five, ten thousand people yeah. all in one space. Let's just camp in the back of a car or something. If and that's what to. that's what's yeah. going to happen. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Crazy time. Prof, right. Prof Crafts is going to. Yeah, we will. Look, he's going to love so it. Four four twenty. Four twenty 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 three. Yeah. 2023 next year Okay cool but We'll see if we can Do like a hard yarns yeah, Road trip I like that Or we'll get like Listeners Stop, and Stopping Geraldine Or something on the way yeah, Stopping in like Yeah the scenic <laughs> Scenic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tourist town of Geraldton. We'll yes. stopping a few On the way That's a good idea Yeah do yeah. a hard yarns Yeah um, some Travelers or yeah, yeah, Hard yeah. yarns awesome. On tour Solar clips um, Sick Anything you want to plug Delby um, Yeah so on the universe, doing a Star Wars quiz. Oh, cool! In two Tuesdays, yeah. um, it's the one I did at Alfred, and all the nerds reckon it was fucking hard. So that's good. Oh, really? Star Wars nerds think it's a hard one. Cool. I didn't write it. I got a Star Wars nerd to write it. <laughs> um, also, doing a Brooklyn Nine Nine quiz mm. the week after. So come Where? check that I'll out do that. at um, Left Bank. All oh, these are at Left Bank and Frio. I'll come down there. Cool, 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 cool. Um, cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt. No. Branchy, I'll let you plug your run. What do yeah. I have? I'm, if you're in Mandra and you want to see me do stand-up, I'm there Friday. Um, teacher Comedy Night, Planet Royale is back December 21st and big. Was, oh, we didn't even talk about um, Planet Royale. We'll do Friday. it. Yeah. yeah, next week. That um, was great. December that was 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything else. I've got fucking heaps and heaps of shows coming up, guys. So, and then Fringe. Yeah. You're in for a hectic three months. Jump on my Insta, on my link tree. It's got everything there. November 27th is date night. A few Patreons came to that. It's, it's Mickey D's coming back from Adelaide. He's going to be on. Cool. Yeah, so heaps happening. Awesome. Hey, I'll get you some free tickets as well for Absolutely. coming on. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so I'm hosting your quiz tonight. Please. Um, you you so wouldn't have. You would, doesn't matter to anyone, I guess, but if you're at, in Junilup, uh, I'll be hosting the quiz. Uh, and then my run is yeah. this Saturday, 100 kilometre run on Saturday. Um, again, if you have, if you've listened to it next week, it doesn't matter. But uh, if you can get on the Instagram bio and donate, we've raised, we've reached our target. Oh, nice! Raised two thousand dollars, so it could be more than that. Going into the potty, or <laughs> it's going towards Zero to Hero mental health charity. Uh, so that's uh, going to be good, raising uh, money for suicide prevention. And we've put uh, on our Instagrams, uh, we've got the 
the time breakdown for where we're going to be and hopefully yeah. some people can jump on board. It seems like there's going to be a pretty big crew yeah, cool. to finish, to, there to cheer us over the line. So yeah. me and Stevie Patente running 100 kilometres um, in a day and hopefully we finish. Yeah. Fingers um, crossed. But yeah, we appreciate all your support for that. Won't so. be running at the speed of light. We definitely won't After be running at the speed of light. After this conversation, I might have to call the suicide prevention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this has been mind bending. Mate, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Cheers, and you mate. are definitely going to come on again. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Cheers. Cheers.